I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, I want to let you know that support for this podcast was also brought to you by Manscaped. The lovely people over at manscaped.com wanted me to let you know that the Lawn Mower 3.0 is out. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide with their ball trim and health. And there's a reason. They're innovative. The reason they got the Lawnmower 3.0 is because they spent 18 months perfecting this ball trimmer. All right. So if you want to trust a ball trimmer, the Lawnmower 3.0 is the way to go. And there's a flashlight on it in case you're on the run and you got to shave. You're perhaps a predator or an athlete. Perhaps you like to drive and, you know, shave. Who knows? But it's superior technology. Their battery lasts about 90 minutes. That is an hour and a half. Now, look, I'm going to be honest. If you're trimming your balls for an hour and a half, you got other problems. Perhaps consult a physician. But maybe you just haven't had time to charge it. So it could be on multiple uh, occasions where you're trimming. I'm just letting you know that this battery lasts really, really long. And to do you a solid, if you head over to manscaped.com and use the promo code PANTELUS, they're giving you 20% off and free shipping. 20% off, free shipping, promo code PANTELUS. Is there ever a better reason than 20% off to order ball trimmers? No, there isn't. Manscaped.com. Promo code Pantelis. 20% off. Do it now. I take you for a ride on the devil ship. I take you for a ride when you sink or swim. Now come with me and let this start again. Was, welcome back. Pantelis, thank you for having me. It's been a minute. It has. You yeah. know, this podcast would have come out an hour earlier had you been here <laughs> yeah. on time. Well, you know, I'm just a busy guy. That, uh, <laughs> it's not live anyway, so no one's going to know. Yeah, I know. Uh, I was going to go ahead and blame my ethnicity right, right away, but I don't want to stoop to that low-hanging fruit. You know what I mean? I'm going to blame my personal uh, shortcomings. Do the Lebanese operate in that late fashion? No, oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, the Greeks too. I feel like that that's a thing, though, that like every ethnicity claims, you know? You think I think everyone except for North Americans and mm-hmm. Germans, yeah, like are late. That's what I think it is. That's what it seems. That's how that's how the British conquered the world. You know, everyone else showed up late to the battles. Yeah, exactly. They were like, we're playing cards, we're playing backgammon. You know what I mean? Yeah, the British show up to an island like we yeah. won. Who did you fight? Nobody. They haven't showed up yet. Yeah, they're not here. <laughs> they're and they're all just smoking. Yeah. Fuck. I have Fuck. to do this now. Shit. All right. Just fucking take it. All yeah, right, yeah. Reginald. Let's, yeah. I don't all have right, time put for your this. stupid flag up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. No. Yeah. It's. But it doesn't matter. That's the beauty about podcasting. Mm. That's the amazing thing about this. We lost yeah. nothing. No, that's good. I'm glad. So how you been? I've been good, man. I've been good. Uh, it's been we- it's almost weird to talk to people face to face. Like just all I talk, just see my girlfriend. That's it. You know mm. what I mean? And I, my work now. I'm just doing some landscaping. So I'm like I'm just facing dirt all day. I don't see people. It's Do they make so you wear weird. a mask while you're doing that shit? No, no. Oh, that'll be crazy. No, that'll be wild. I'm outside in the middle of a garden. You know what I mean? Is that'll it just you nice. alone? No, I work with uh, a couple other people. Small, uh, small little team. I, it's kind of cool. You just keep to yourself and... And you're working out. Yeah, yeah. Trying to, trying to get fit. But it's like, it's good work. Don't get me wrong. But after having done comedy almost exclusively for two years, there's times where like my face is in the dirt I'm covered in worms and I'm like, 
I used to open for Sugar Sammy once, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I turned to do the punchline. <laughs> yeah, no. uh, it's it's going to end soon, don't worry. I heard that New York, today they announced, July 1st, mm. everything's open. Back to business, no restrictions, July 1st. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, with capacities and masks and whatnot. Happened. They said no restrictions. No restrictions, okay. But they've handled the rollout of vaccines way better than we have. Mm-hmm. So they got, like, the the states is getting who they need to get vaccinated. Right. Here, they could give it to you for free, and people are like, I don't fucking think so. Yeah. Uh, No, it's chaotic. I'm not even sure what's going on. Here, they don't know. I think they said the AstraZeneca one. Now they'll give it to anyone if they ask for it, but no one's asking for it. They're like, I'm not getting the discount brand. Yeah. Well, that's it. You hear about the couple blood clots that have happened. I heard through the grapevine, like a friend of a friend's mom is like in critical condition with a brain blood clot after it. But, but and I'm not saying you should get it because I'm not going to tell you to yeah. do that. But that only happens so far really to women and a specific. Yeah, yeah I'm just saying there was no men, but there's a, and a specific reasons behind it. So avoid it. If you're a woman, mm. avoid the AstraZeneca one. Right. Like even if it's a 0.001%, you have options. Wait. If you've got options, I guess it's, it's such a it's, it's a tough one, man. You know, because the case, it's so rare that there's complications. Yeah. But you, you, I'm for me personally, I'm so pessimistic that I'm like, it's gonna be me. That's that's it. And I'm worried that I'll psychosom. If I get the AstraZeneca, I'll psychosomatically start to be like, what was that? I like sweat too much. It's hot. I'm like, oh, that's a blood clot for sure. You know, like I'm that's gonna, the like, kind of shit I do. Will myself to have a blood clot? Yeah, somehow. you're just gonna have an aneurysm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's uh, so, get healthy first. Like you, you already did your get healthy part. You lost I'm weight. You way, got yeah. fit. So I think that's the first, from what I've been reading, mm. that's the first thing you should be doing. Sure. I think everybody should do it regardless of whatever pandemic. Yeah. But it seems like if you are overweight, if you're, you know, pre-diabetic or whatever, it seems like if you do contract it, like the chances that it's serious and you end up in critical condition is way higher. Way higher. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. first step, get healthy. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, it's partly what scared me into, you know, losing a bunch of weight and stuff. It's not like I wanted to be fat before, but it was definitely an extra thing. I was a I was an obese chain smoker, and I'm like, once this hit, I was like, okay, all right, come on. But you weren't obese. I remember you According being that big. Charts, you know what okay, I mean? Okay, the charts. Fuck these charts. You know what my chart was? Mm. Then why I'm I started still obese, by the way, according to the BMI. I'm probably uh, yeah. super morbidly yeah, yeah, yeah. obese, according to these fucking things. Yeah, it's wild. But I had just seen photos of myself online that like fans were posting, and I was like. That is a disgusting human being. Mm. Stop feeding him. Yeah. And then I tried to, you know, cut off, you know, whatever I could, bread, sugars, just tr- slowly start working out because I was just disgusted by myself. That's what it took. And then I got scared because of yeah. also uh, when I heard COVID affects fat people more. Right. And I was like, oh, God, I got to get out of that demographic. Yeah. To be to be honest, it's more the, uh, the former for me. It was more like the self-disgust. It wasn't the COVID. What really helped wasn't more so that I was like, oh, I'm going to get I'm going to get sick because we all think we're invincible when we're young. It's more that I had the time that yeah. uh, you always make excuses. You know, my excuse was, uh, you know, I can't eat well because, you know, if I if I do a show out of town, I want to have a beer. I want to go late night food. Uh, I want to have a cigarette and chat with comics. You make Cocaine. excuses for yourself. Your yeah. poker is everything, you know. Um, but, um, once that hits, nothing's happening. So it's like, what's my, I'm sitting at home. What am I, why am I drinking? Why am I, why am I eating 7,000 calories for dinner? You know what I mean? That's when I lost the most weight, by the way, when everything was closed and all I was doing was podcasting through Skype Mm -hmm. from my house, remember? And, um, that period, those months I was jogging all the time. I was running out. It's when they put the fucking curfew in Mm. and they closed the gyms that I started gaining a bit more weight because then I got yeah, stuck. My here. days got restricted. I don't do the same amount of working out at home with, you know, like just 
push up sit-ups as I would if I'm in the gym yeah. or if I'm outside running. So mm -hmm. it completely sabotaged, but I gained a bit and now I started losing again. Yeah. So I'm trying to balance it out. Yeah, it's winter. It's inevitable. Plus winter, plus curfew, plus, uh, you know, lockdown. It's, it's inevitable. And gym's closed. That's what happened to me. I lost all that weight last year. Summer was great. I was active biking. You know what I mean? Then go, I started going to uh, the gym and then the gym's closed almost immediately. And then same thing, you know, like I did work out at home, but it, it isn't the same. There is, I do... As much as people rip on the gym bro, uh, you know, chest bro kind of culture, yeah, yeah. it's kind of nice being in an atmosphere where everybody's kind of like, you got high ceilings, the air circulation's good, you know, like uh, everyone's, everything's there. Yeah, everything you need is there. Everyone's kind of like doing the same thing. It's You're not going to like take a 10 minute rest between a set. Like now I bought a barbell at home, but it's like, you know, I'm cooking, <laughs> I'm making a lasagna. <laughs> I go yeah. do a set. I forget. I go, I got to do something else. Like you're not going to have the same. I'm not in my mirror at home. Like let's do this. You know what I mean? It's, it's not you're the not same. You're not face vibe. pushing people. You ever face push people? Oh, not yet. <laughs> I like face pushing people. Yeah. I don't do it at the gym. Yeah. Cause they don't let me back in there. All right. But when they used to. Oh yeah, just just out of my way. The girl at the front desk. Get the fuck out of here. Hey, it's in Tim Hortons. It's cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> it's like good times. Yeah, yeah. So now you know that we must be close mm -hmm. to some form of a comeback. It's it you seems planning inevitable. for that? It seems you writing shit. What are you doing? Sure. Like yeah, I, I'm on, on paper, <laughs> Metaf like metaphorically and literally. Uh, I have a root. I have a routine that I try to do, which is just to write a minimum of ten minutes a day. You know what I mean? Okay. Whatever it is, a very sugar Sammy esque. <sighs> yeah, he does more than ten minutes, but I mean, he yeah. has a routine that he he's diligent about. Yeah, I think he was saying he does like an hour or something yeah. at least. Uh, quote me on that. But like for me, I find an hour. I I'm gonna like I'm gonna fade off. I'm gonna especially at the computer. I'll be like, oh, how do you make uh, cornbread? Yeah, or stupid things just come up. I do the same. And the internet's there, you know. Um, so I have I put a ten minute timer. And when it's 10 minutes, it's easy to be like, if I get distracted, I go, you have six minutes left. Shut, sh just sh fucking type, you idiot. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It's easy to do that. And then the timer goes off. And if I'm inspired, sometimes I'll keep going for a bit. Oftentimes I'm like, thank God. All right. That was a nightmare. Oh, you just, sometimes you don't feel it. Most days I don't feel it, but uh, I just kind of, what else you can, I have to kind of force myself because I've had those panic moments where it's like, fuck, it's been a year, man. Like, could have theoretically written an hour of... Obviously, you don't know if it's good. Yeah, it's going to be shit. Right, but at least have something. Um, I don't know. I got 10 minutes, maybe. <laughs> I panicked last week because I went to do a, a show in French. Yeah. And it was my third set in the last two weeks. But the first two sets were very... The first one was shit. Mm -hmm. The second one, I was getting my bearings again. All in French. I haven't done English. These are live shows. These are live shows. Okay, because... With the real people. Because I, I only learned, I learned that recently. Sammy was telling me that there's like theater shows happening in French. Yeah, right? exactly. The French okay. are always first. Right. So English stuff hasn't opened up yet. So I said, oh, I'll do it in French. So the first one was weird. Okay. Boom, I didn't like it. And it was all people from France who, mm. for some reason, thought that my accent was a gimmick, <laughs> uh, which was a barrier I was unable to break. Sure. <laughs> the second said it was all Quebecers, so it was funner, but I still wasn't at my full capacity. And then last week I did a show. And it was so weird because I, I thought about it. I go, wait, what do you want me to do here? He's like, oh, you'll, you'll close the show, uh, you know, do 10, 15, whatever the fuck. Feel I was like, 10, what the fuck am I going to talk about? Like, what am I, mm -hmm. even my jokes that I was doing last year at this time, mm -hmm. am I comfortable saying them? Do I remember like the inflections, this and that? Can I go hard? Because, you know, sometimes I do some race shit or something crazy to fuck with the crowd. I could build them back. But that's a skill that I, I was able to, 
learn through the years and master. I haven't done it in so many months. Can mm. I, if I say something crazy, am I just, you know? Yeah. So then I tried it and I said something that was a little crazy for them. And I did lose them for like, people were like, what the fuck? They gasped. And then I had to try to reel them back in. And it was super difficult. Cause like, what am I going to talk about? Like mm. it's all this stuff, even the stuff I, I barely remember. If, if you forget one sentence, one good tag, you ruined the joke. Mm-hmm. And that's what I went through. And it did happen with a couple of my, it, overall, it was a good set. Yeah. But it was, uh, no, like, if you know me or if a comic watches me, the comedian knows. The comic's like, oh, he's not, he's not happy. Mm-hmm. He didn't, he didn't do what he wanted to do. Because it's so weird. It's the yeah. rust shaking. It's, but it's we need to do that. It's not a good feeling. You have to. It's going to take a little bit. It's going to take like a, it's like working out, right? Yeah. You got to shake the dust off a little bit. Um, but that's so these are the, like theaters uh, twice it was out? at theater and uh, theater st catherine okay. and uh the last time was at the fucking i want to know the name it's uh an the african i forgot what it was some, but they have i think it's a community center but they mm-hmm. also have uh like they sell african paintings and stuff because i saw it backstage mm-hmm. there was a fucking nice one but i think somebody had already bought it because mm-hmm. i was thinking uh, of getting it new background yeah i was thinking of putting it in the studio but i saw it right. there was a note on it with a woman's name okay. i guess she had bought it and it was waiting for her to pick it up it was a nice fucking painting. And as soon as I saw it, that's what I thought about. Oh, for the studio. Right. And I saw the lady's name, so I never asked. But yeah, it was a community center. Um, it was nice. That's cool. Yeah. I only re- I only like heard about that recently. It shocked me. I was like, I-, I thought everybody was out of practice. And I'm like, these guys have been doing reps this whole time? Yeah, some of the guys have been doing reps for a while because they were going wild. out right. to different places in Quebec. And French, dude, it's mm. completely... I wish, actually, in a way, no, because it would have been too time-consuming. But it would have been nice to be going out to different towns and cities just to keep that blade sharp. Sure. But I'm feeling it. Like now once real clubs open up again, mm-hmm. the French ones, and I could do my stuff again, it's not going to take me too long. Mm-hmm. Like if you give me, if I could get in front of a lot of people, if you give me 10 shows, I think I'll have the at least the 45 in French ready again. Like I'll be comfortable saying it again. Right. And is most of that translated stuff from like english material or a bit of both okay of course there's yeah, some yeah. that only work in french that i created mm-hmm. just for french but most of it is yeah because mm-hmm. when people that was the other thing people were impressed like he just started french he's so good and i was like mm-hmm. yeah, it's not that impressive because i know these jokes work already because because mm-hmm. i wrote them in english right it's not the same as me being a clairvoyant of comedy where i just you know anything i write is funny mm-hmm. these are tried and tested stuff for yeah. like two years now so yeah. it's not that's why i thought it like Calm down with the praise, and then uh, just lie, dude. Be, yeah. <laughs> be like, yeah, I just wrote this yesterday. Yeah, no, no, I don't want to do that. That's, it's too weird. Then they're gonna think I'm like some kind of genius, or something, but it's it's just because as soon as I get comfortable translating them, yeah, and I see they could work in French, then I could use them. Mm-hmm. But no, I don't have. Uh, I mean, there's some jokes that just came on the spot in French, and I keep them. Okay, but these are like little tags and short jokes. But the majority is stuff that I'm already comfortable in English. That's why it works. It's not that uh, I'm a you know a special uh, comedy writer in French that I, everything just comes to me. It's, it's, you know, like your good stuff, the stuff that you're comfortable with. If you translate that in French, it's going to be amazing. If somebody, if you tell them it's my first time in French, but your jokes that you're doing are tried and tested jokes, their brains going to be like, fuck, it's his first time, but it's very good. That's what happened to me. They were all like, fuck, these are good jokes. Mm. But they, I didn't make them up on the spot. I wrote them already. Yeah. And I tried them in English. I know what works, what doesn't. That's why. I think people don't realize how much it takes. You know what I mean? <sighs> like you don't just sit and be like, uh, set up, punch, boom, ready to go. It's just like sometimes it's year. Like I have yeah. jokes I've been doing for four years that I'm like it's still not where I want it to be, or it evolves on its own in a weird way. Like it started as one premise and one punchline, and then later on, it's kind of the same topic, but it has nothing to do with the original idea. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's like an organic. Uh, 
entity. evolution yeah, yeah it evolves and like changes and then like sometimes it rots you know sometimes That's it the, doesn't work sometimes you yeah. know what's crazy is now that we're coming back we're going to see a lot of our jokes don't work anymore yeah and they could not work for many reasons sometimes yeah. it could be you're not comfortable with it anymore it's not you because i was in a different headspace when i wrote x joke yeah and it worked because i was in that headspace now it feels like I'm telling someone else's jokes. It's not my reality anymore. Uh, so that happens to me a lot, and especially because I, I, I was thinking what jokes I should say last week. And I was like, fuck, this was a good joke, but I, I don't feel comfortable. Like it just doesn't, I feel so distant from it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I could do it justice anymore. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to hold off on this. Let me do the stuff that I know is going to work. I'm terrified of that. I'm terrified. <laughs> it's going to happen. spend years having, you know, whatever amount of material you have, let's mm -hmm. say that you feel like is is has a high batting average or is good at nothing's foolproof, but you have jokes that you're like the majority of time this works to various demographics. And I'm scared that like, you know, 20, 30 minutes of that is just useless. And some of it is because I'll watch it now. Like I'll watch a set uh, that I've done in the past and I'll be like, I objectively it's going well. And I'm, but I'm like, I hate that. Per I hate him. That I fat hate piece of shit sucks. These jokes. It's obviously because I've heard the joke so a many thousand times. times yeah but i'm like oh this hack garbage and i'm like berating the audience i'm like you guys are idiots for laughing at this but i don't know you have to you can't throw everything away either you know no no that's like, why i even forgot and, stuff yeah. someone uh guido grasso reminded me the other day while we were making his podcast uh of a joke that i had forgotten about he's like i can't really forgot it. you don't say i go dude if i remembered i would have said that uh, on the french or i would have translated it to french mm. i had forgot about my random shooting joke remember that one Yes. Oh, I completely forgot yeah. about it. Yeah, that's yeah. great. <laughs> I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because I know who it's about now, yeah. actually. And the best, and, yeah. were you with me at the Peronis one night? I, I hadn't said it in a long time. And someone again reminded me, like, can you say that joke again? Like, just mm. if you're going to... I go, you know what? I could do it. And I said it. And then after, we're laughing about it backstage, whatever that backstage area yeah. was. And two guys come and they're like, hey, is that... I have a question. Is that joke that you said about, and they said the guy's name, and I go, yeah, how the fuck do you guys do? And they started laughing. They go, we fucking know. <laughs> the <laughs> second you were saying the story, like, that sounds just like him. That sounds like that situation. And I was like, yeah, that's the right guy. They're like, oh my God, I thought you guys make all this stuff up. Right. I go, there's a lot that we make up for comedic effect. Yeah. But most of it comes, like the situations we complain about, 99% of them usually are situations that we're in for sure. and we actually bitch about or a real, he's like, I can't believe it. He goes, it sounds so fantastical, but I know the story. He goes, I know that this happened. Right. So I was like, yeah. That's so funny. I'll be honest. The first time I heard the bit, I'm like, I think that could be made up. It's and then years later, I met the guy. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> for sure, that's real. <laughs> the guy, I could see someone wanting to shoot him. I kind of want to shoot him. Uh, the name, get the best was just knowing his name. I remember yeah. when he's like, yeah, they asked for my name. I'm like, this is there's nothing random about like what has yeah. happened it was such a and i never it's funny because when it first happened i couldn't think about saying it on stage mm -hmm. the first time it happened i was like who do i tell this has to be a long form thing i used to have trouble even though my i've evolved into most of my jokes are stories long stories when i first started if it would take over a minute and a half i would get nervous mm -hmm. i wasn't comfortable enough with myself to do a long joke that will have a good payoff at the end i was uncomfortable if there was too much silence mm -hmm. even though they're listening i took it as failure yeah, I, I was it, me. It was more like laughs per minute. I thought was the important thing, not if it, the payoffs are worth it. Mm -hmm. If I'm taking them somewhere, so I wasn't able to do it. It was later I started to evolve and be comfortable with myself. Be like, you know what? I'm comfortable enough to take you on a two minute journey that you might not laugh for a minute because you're listening, but it'll pay off in the end. Yeah, it took me a while to get there. I was so nervous. I feel you. I'm still nervous. 
even when I know it's a long setup, I'll sweat sometimes because I'm like, oh no, am I losing them? Oh God. Yeah, you fear. Yeah, for sure. And then the best is when you ask someone later, like, oh, I thought, and they're like, no, we were all waiting. Yeah. And you're like, why can't I understand what you understand? Why do I panic when yeah. you're eager? Oh, for sure. Because it is at the beginning. I mean, a comedy is kind of about laughs permitted on a, on a purely technical sense. But over the course of like a, you know, a 20, 30, 40 minute set, you can afford a, a 60 second sometimes Zelda, yeah. if the payoff is good. You know what I mean? I was listening. I think it was David Acker was talking about like those two types of comedians, the more long form and the more like, you know, someone like a Heidi Foss who's like, boom, boom, set up punch and it's clever and it's quick. And there's a lot of punchlines where it's like, you can be, you got to ring this bell. Maybe he was saying like, either you're, you're ringing it like a little bit where it's just like ding, ding, but you're doing it constantly or you're kind of building it up and then you like, bang, you have like a, so like the payoff kind of has to be worth it. You yeah, know yeah. I mean? So if you're like very quick fire, you can afford like, oh, that was cute. Oh, that was cute. Cause or, you have a lot of them. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that was funny. Oh, that was clever. But I think if you're building up, it's got a, a little bit, you got to like sweep the rug a little bit more and oh, yeah, surprise yeah, yeah. people a little bit. Well, I have seen, and you see it on open mics uh, first time if someone's doing a joke and, and they're talking about something that's really personal in their world not so much personal story like you're finding out about them more personal like it only works in the context of me knowing who your friends are so it's already mm. going to be hard to translate it to us and then it's a super long setup yeah and then the punchline is like right because that's how steve is and it was like we don't know steve yeah and then when i see <laughs> shit like that fuck steve yeah and also yeah. fuck steve but when i see that dude inside it kills me i feel so bad because like i understand why you're saying it because in your head you're like that was such a great moment but you can't translate context. Yeah. People don't know who Steve is. They don't have the history. Mm. So without you telling us, explaining us who he is and why he's dumb or why that question was stupid or anything like that, we don't get it. So you're like, right, classic Steve. Yeah, we don't know who the fuck that is. So yeah. it could be classic Steve in a good way. I don't fucking know. Yeah. And I see that happen a lot. It's it's uh, There's a lot of information that we have to give the audience that you, it just happens naturally. Even me in the beginning... A lot of my jokes I had, they got better when I would add just a little sprinkle of, this is what Milton's like. Here's 10 seconds. Yeah. This is an example. Sure. Now they're like, oh, that's why that's funny. Yeah. Without it, they're like, yeah, I don't fucking care, bro. That tells me nothing. Yeah. So you learn all that as you go, but it's, this is the fun part of it. This is us learning all the time, I think, is the, now it's, you know, it's the struggle of, oh my God, am, am I good? Am I not? And doing, but in the future, man, when we look back, I'm like, that was the funnest part, fucking part. Yeah. We got to build. Absolutely. It's cliche, but it's like, it's the journey, man. It really is, though. I don't call it the journey because yeah. it's fucking weird and hacking hippie shit. <laughs> sure, sure. But just the, the, but you're right, it is the journey. I I, I think the I love process. That. The process. The, respect the process. It sounds so cliche, yeah. and I guess you only realize when you're in it. Mm. The process is the fucking funnest part. It is it. It is everything, actually. Yeah. It, there, there, is, there is nothing else, speaking of uh, hippie uh, cliches. But that's it. It's like, that's what you realize. It's like... And you ever do acid and white, uh, like hike through the woods, you know? Uh, like I'm scared those. to do acid. I'm scared to do yeah. any of that shit. Yeah. I'm scared I'll, I'll permanently stay crazy. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe this is all a hallucination of mine. I don't even know. Maybe no, no, you're I, fine. This is real. Do you do acid? Uh, allegedly. Are yeah. you not scared? Allegedly. A couple times. Um, yeah, I'm scared. I'm terrified. That's kind of what intrigues me. But are you terrified of yeah. not what you're going to experience on a bad trip? Or are you terrified of long-lasting effects? That's what I'm terrified of. Mm. As of now, yeah. I didn't think about it until you said it. Okay. No, just kidding. I mean, sure, because I've heard that that could be, but it seems like it's exaggerated and not very rare. When you're like a kid, when when it was like the 
Nancy Reagan just say no in the 90s we grew up there was always like a cop who came to your school and was like yeah. if you do acid your brain bleeds and in 20 years you're gonna see colors every day yeah shit like that yeah, so it bullshit. scares me it's not real though no nah it I, feels like it, it feels reasonable I mean look at the, you know look at the 70s everyone did acid I don't know people yeah but then you had the Manson family <laughs> yeah that's one family. Like, yeah, a couple of Mansons. If you want to see some cool shit in the woods, that's all I'm saying. You know, you but wouldn't shrooms be the same effect with less uh, dangerous outcomes? Uh, or it's a different effect know. completely. Then, uh, I think there's 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 similar, but uh, like there's crossover, but they are pretty distinct. Okay, uh, same but different, bro, as you yeah. would say. Um, yeah, their uh, acids like way longer. <laughs> that's what's kind of scary is sometimes how long like, we're talking about because honestly i've only done it like a couple times and it's like uh it's almost like 16 hours i feel like okay yeah that's me. very long that's wild where like some like at the end you're like can i go to bed and your brain's like but look at that and you're like okay it's cool but i want to sleep i only did mushrooms once mm -hmm. and it was the fall of i want to say 2013 or 2014 and it lasted from about midnight till about seven in the morning and that entire time, me and my buddy Homer, we were walking through TMR. Mm. And we couldn't see a soul. Mm -hmm. Like after a while, we could Well, first it was in Park X we started, but yeah. I started to trip out because I was like, does everybody know that I'm high? And it was yeah. just like a weird feeling. So then we walked around TMR and we didn't see people for like four or five hours. So we thought that this wasn't real. It was, a, we were from the future and this was a memory because mm. everything's like hacking all these houses with the lights on have nobody in them. It was the weirdest, uh, it was the weirdest But it feeling. was in the middle of the night, wasn't it? It was the middle of the night. Okay, yeah. But there was lights on. Sure. You're walking on, there's lights on. There's no cars that pass by during that time. It was just luck. Yeah. But for us, there was no luck. For us, it's we're from the future. And uh, this is just a memory. It was the weirdest, but it was positive. Like, there was no negativity in mm -hmm. it. It was just so bizarre walking around. I remember there was for sale signs where we put one in another house. We're like, you see, it doesn't make a difference. It's all fake anyway. So someone for sure got the call for the wrong house that they wanted to, to buy because we changed that. It's a good thing we didn't break into someone because one of the ideas was, should we break into that house to see that it's empty? So it's a good thing we didn't do that because that's hard to explain to the cops, you know, like, I thought I was from the future. <laughs> it would have been crazy. There was no other way, officer. Yeah, there was I no other way. I you see that I had to break into this home to prove. Yeah, it was one, 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 one and done. It was uh, right before my birthday. My cousin, my buddy Homer was like, you have to do it at least once. You have to see. And I was always scared. I was yeah. like, I don't have brain damage. He's like, nah, bro, there's no brain damage. Just. Yeah, I think uh, that's, that's, I don't think that's real. We have enough data now. Like people have been doing it for so long. There's. I think if you abuse any, if you abuse it, that's something you really don't want to abuse. Any, any drug, any yeah, but that'll but fuck that's you. That's wild. Like, but, oh, that's not recreational. That's like a once yeah, in a couple of. I think yeah. it needs to be respected in a way. I'm clearly a hippie. It's got to be ritualistic, dude. Uh, no, I'm I with you. I don't know about the that. ritual part. I'm not a ritual guy. I hate rituals. I like candles. I. <laughs> It's wild. I get butt naked, put cream <laughs> on my face. I say I, I hate rituals, but I realized I Thanks. just hate culty rituals. Because mm. everything we do is a ritual. Mm -hmm. Having the coffee here is a ritual. The way we start is a ritual. The way yeah. we end the show is a ritual. So I guess I do like rituals uh, in the form of habit. But I don't like, um, oh, we can't do this unless. Like, oh, mm. we can't do shrooms unless we burn these candles. Or, like, I don't like right. that kind of shit. You got to burn some sage, get rid of the ghosts. And yeah, I'm not, I'm not for that stuff. I mean, I think what I mean is just like it's got to be respected in a way, I think, because, because it's so intense. It's an intense experience. Thankfully, I kind of got that idea uh, when I was younger, I got that vibe like this is something not to be toyed with. Because when I was in high school, there was a bunch of people doing. I never, never touched anything like that until I was like well an adult, you know. 
And I'm thankful for that because there was, yeah, kids in high school like doing mushrooms at lunch and like freaking out and coming. Where was this? Math class. It's like a white person school. <laughs> yeah, the West Island. Oh, that's it's, why. Yeah, yeah, we didn't have shrooms in my school. <laughs> we had everything. I don't know. No, I didn't get exposed to it until mm-hmm. like ad- adulthood. And like I said, my buddy, he knew because he had done it once in a while. Yeah. My high school, I think everybody just had weed. Mm. And I don't even remember anything. Past we that. had plenty of that. Yeah. Yeah, weed. But it was, most, it, was, it was like the very white skatery kids who like. They would get drunk at school. They would fucking do shrooms and weird, like. You know, I said white for the record because the first time I ever actually heard about shrooms was mm. 2004 in Alberta. Uh, I had when I was with my cousins. They all live there, yeah. and they're very white because it's Alberta. They don't. It's they don't have the same ethnic communities sure. we have here. And I remember, I think it was my cousin Angelo who was telling me about shrooms or something like his friends. Or, and I was like, "What the fuck is that?" And then when they were trying to explain to me that high, I was like. That is insane. Mm. That is silly. What a dangerous thing to do. I was 18 years old. I was like, this is this yeah. is crazy. What is this malarkey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Thinking, but it was because in the suburbs over there, they had nothing to do. So they found those kind of drugs. Whereas us here in the city, there's always something to do. So they would take stuff like mm-hmm. weed, like something to chill them out, and then go play soccer, watch a movie. There's always something to do here. There's always action. There's a yeah. festival. In the suburbs, you got nothing to do. So mm-hmm. that's why I suspected it was a white person school was close mm. to suburbia where they had nothing to do. Yeah, there is a lot of that for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm a good detective. Oh, that's good detective work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was. I mean, our school was pretty mixed. The West West Island is pretty multicultural too, but it was notably. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, I mean? yeah. Anyway, I'm not going to get in trouble. There's one group we could all make fun of. This is the white kids. Oh, they, I don't think we're making they, fun they of would, them. Uh, I am. It's more of an I observation. Am. Yeah. No, because they would do very stereotypical things, like get drunk. Like, always, there was always at a house party, like one, like the Dave Chappelle bit, like where like, there's always like a something being inserted in some guy's butt who's passed out because he drank too much or something. See, I didn't have that. Yes. I didn't have that at all. I wasn't exposed. I thought I that was just on the parties. TV. I just heard about. I just heard about it. One day, a kid came to school, and his name was now Hot Dog Boy, and that's all I know. Whoa, Josh <laughs> shoved a pipe up Kyle's ass. Yeah, and everyone high fives yeah, yeah. drinks Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I was never exposed to that, only on the TV. Mm. No, I, 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 I had a bit of both, you know what I mean? I had a, I had a, that's what I like about, uh, I like Montreal in general, but like the West Island is like, I had, we had a lot of ethnicities and I got to grow up around that, and then we, I also had the very stereotypical like, Kyle, Cody. That's dudes, amazing. You know what I mean? Uh, I thought they weren't real for years. I'm All, still not sure. Now, I only started meeting people like that in uh, university. Because mm-hmm. I started to have a lot of friends from the States mm-hmm. that would come here for school and shit. And that was when I was like, oh, fuck, I, I, you exist. Yeah. That was the, yeah. No, because yeah, I guess this is a, a kind of running joke within Montreal. But the West Island is like half Ontario, a little bit, parts of it. Yeah, Some yeah. Of it, you know? So but I would yeah, never go to West Island either. It was too yeah. far. The West Island, like if you're from Park X and you were a kid back in the day then when barely anyone was driving, they had cars, were using yeah. public transport. All that stuff was like off limits in the sense, unless you have a friend or a family, uh, a relative that lives around there, these are all faraway lands. Yeah. This is Middle Earth shit. That's how I feel now. About yeah. them. And I grew up there. Yeah. <laughs> I go there. I'm like, what the hell is this shit? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's wild. And for us growing up in the West Island, anything east of Lachine or Ville Saint Laurent, Past the airport, it was downtown. Okay. <laughs> it was all downtown. It could be RDP, downtown. Park X was downtown. NDG was downtown. You That's know amazing. I, mean? I still, because I moved to NDG when I was like 17. So I got out like early, kind yeah. of early, you know. And until today, friends I grew up in the West Side are like, bro, you live downtown? And I'm like, I, I, I guess. I guess, sure. I, I live, don't live here. I, yeah, exactly. I don't live in this fucking shit place. But you got to live to a lot of places because you lived for years in South Korea. 
Yeah. Yeah. Teaching kids how to oh, speak English. Wild. Yeah. That seems like a different life. Speaking of not knowing if it's the future or the past, it seems like a different life. I sometimes forget that I did that. I'll yeah. just be like, oh my God, that was four years of my life was just, just teaching kids, working my ass off. You know what I mean? Uh, I started comedy there. So that was when. For expats though. For expats. Yeah. 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 It's very distinct and, uh, you know, specific subculture you're playing to. But I think I would have never started had I not started there because it felt not real. Honestly, it, it, I think a lot of expats when you we were there spoke about that. It was like, this doesn't feel like real life. You everything feel like you're, it's a VR simulation. Almost. Because everything is so alien and so different. And like I lived in like a kind of a quiet suburb, like an hour south of Seoul. I say suburb, it's very densely, as densely populated as our, like a neighborhood like Park X would be. Okay. But because the country as a whole is so densely populated, that's like a equivalent of a suburb to them, you know. And I'd be like, there was like 12, you know, non-Korean people in the neighborhood. So if I went to the grocery store, I was like, I was like an alien. It was wild. It didn't feel real. You kind of become numb to it after a while. Even the money, you look at the money, it's all weird colors. And you're like, this, what is this? Take it. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, you don't take it seriously. Yeah, you don't, don't respect wild. the money. Yeah, I don't res- <laughs> There's a certain level of respect, but it's like, you know, growing up here, I never really had money. I've been working since I was young. And it was always something that I like, I was, I, you know, with the upbringing I had, it was like, just hold on to this, never spend it. You know But what there I mean? it felt like Monopoly money. There it was like, also, I was making money for the real money for the first time in my and life. And you said crazy racist shit. You're like, explain who these people are. And like, they're <laughs> different presidents and generals. It's all the same guy. Yeah. It's all the same guy. They're like, oh, Jesus. No. Take, take this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. You, there's certain topics you don't want to touch. Uh, politics. Can you touch Korean. politics there? Uh, are you talking about in terms of just like regular conversation? Just regular like on conversation. Stage? Oh, um, on stage. is it, Oh, explain that to me. On stage versus regular conversation. Can you get away with stuff more on stage or less? More on stage because you're playing to uh, expats mainly. Or you're playing to Koreans who have lived abroad. And, like there's a huge Korean diet. You know, there's Korean, so many Korean people. Yeah, in yeah Toronto, of course. Toronto, here, in California, LA, like yeah. huge communities. They're all over the all over the world. Like Lebanese people were kind of like in Greeks every too. corner. Yeah. Right, Greeks too. Greeks, a huge community. Australia and you're in England and yeah. wherever, you know. So uh, there's a large... English-speaking population in Korea who've like gone back or back and forth who are very aware, obviously, of their culture, but are basically Western too in their ideas. So like you're kind of playing to uh, uh, an audience, almost like an audience here. But then you'll get scragglers in the bar who maybe know a lot, 20% English and they just hear, oh man, I had a, a dude try to fight me after a show once. What would you say? Uh, the North should take over. He thought it was racist. I pulled my eyes back and I was like, Ching Chong, Bing Bong. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he thought he thought and it was he racist. Thought it was racist. Weird. Oh. Uh, I was no, telling I him have, what not to do. I have no idea what I was saying. I mean, I've looked back at my. Wait, but material. why did he want to fight you? Oh, you don't he remember? He just heard me up. He just saw I was up there, and I was. I think I was just talking about teaching. I wasn't even necessarily talking about Korea or Korean society or. You think we need special ed teachers? Yeah. And he just went crazy. He just. <laughs> he just. Uh, he uh, was had very poor English, and oh, um, he was very drunk. And I don't know what I said. I probably just said the word Korea, or I was just talking about my experience as being an expat there. You know, uh, I didn't have anything that was any particularly controversial or like 
I never made, I never, I never went out of my way to like make fun of who knows, maybe I'll look back and be like, Oh, whoops. Uh, but to my knowledge, like it was never anything too crazy, but he just heard me talking about being in Korea. People were laughing and he just got angry. And he he thought like, you, they were laughing at Korea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like he pulled, he was like, he got in my face and he's like, you laugh at Korea. You think Korea, Korea is bad. Korea is best. And I was like, oh, all right. And I tried, my Korean was okay at the time. And I kind of half in English, half in Korean was just like, I'm not at all. Don't make me report you to the North. <laughs> I'm like, I this, you totally misunderstood whatever it was. You told him that in Korean? Yeah. 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 Something along those lines. You know what I mean? Did he get it? Yeah. After we ended up like hanging out all night and he bought me drinks and stuff. And oh, he, shit. He apologized. Very yeah. forgiving people. Yeah. He was smashed, dude. He had no, and he spoke nothing. Okay. He just yeah, heard he, Korea, saw laughter, and he was like, you're insulting us and whatever. And then I think other people, other Koreans too came in who were like, understood more. And they were like, he wasn't really saying any, like he was just talking about being a teacher and how it's ridiculous or whatever. Okay. Uh, and he kind of calmed down and we ended up just doing shots and getting smashed. I like that. That's okay. what it's all about over there. Everywhere. Drink, but they drink a lot in Asia, I heard. I think Korea, the last time I checked was num right behind Russia in alcohol consumption per capita. Is there a reason why? Is there an actual reason why? Because I heard the same thing in Japan. And I don't, yeah, Japan too, I yeah. don't understand... I kind of like I heard it was something to do in Japan at least they work so hard during mm -hmm. the day mm -hmm. that when they have a time off they get so shit-faced sometimes they'll just fall asleep on the sidewalk. Oh, all the, yeah. I I can't speak for Japan obviously, but in in my suburban neighborhood it was not uncommon for me to see at you know 7 p.m. in the evening on a Tuesday a guy in a full suit just vomiting into some bushes. And this was normal. Everybody there was like, haha, good night yesterday. Yeah, like I would just get up and then get back to the table and order more drinks. You know? But people who would see this, like let's say if I see a guy outside smashed on the floor, I'm like, look at this pathetic piece of garbage. <laughs> like that's how I see it here culturally. I'm like, get yourself, get your shit together, man. <laughs> but over there, it's more like, all right, uh, fucking uh, Tom had a long night. Yeah. yeah it's just normal. Totally like, all right, normal. Tom, I get it. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. They're like classic, classic Steve. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. yeah. Th that's interesting to me. It's not yeah. frowned upon because everyone gets smashed. Absolutely. And I think it has to do with the fact that people work so hard. Like uh, normal hours for them is 60 hours. For us, 40. For them, it's 60. Wait, wait, and hold on. We work 40 hours? <laughs> Some people. Get the memo. The chumps. I'm at 70 now. <laughs> yeah. Do you, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm always, yeah, just. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. But you do something cool, creative that you like that. Yeah. There but, you, you go. Know, That's what I tell myself. Fucking. You work at a call center for 40 hours. Jesus. You know what I mean? Oh, I've been there. It's Even 20 was like any, 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 all my jobs before were f well, ever since the, like I left the pharmacy, we're all full time at companies and stuff. Yeah. Some were better. The, I'll tell you one thing. I, I should give a shout out. The funnest real job I ever had, my whole, the fun, and not that the rest were bad. There was a lot of good ones too, but the funnest, I think, time I had was when I worked at EA. You worked at EA? Cool. Yeah. That was the funnest. What were you doing? Uh, I was development coordinator and with them, uh, what I had that I really liked is that my schedule was, yeah, fixed, but not really. So as they, it was the first place that I got to witness the, if you get your work done, I don't give a shit. Get your fucking work done that you promised. So I would be able to stroll in at 11, work for a couple of hours, go to the gym, 
mm. cross the street, work out, shower, come back, work till 70, whatever I needed to finish my stuff. Everyone's there happy because there was no dead, there was no like a deadline. If it was crunch, it's different. You're always working, but if it's not crunch and everyone was okay with it because like, yeah, what he said is going to get done today. He got done today. It didn't happen at five. Mm. It happened at seven, but we didn't need it today. We need it for tomorrow anyway. Mm. So it got done. Or So that I loved. I love the flexibility over there that's so important i think yeah. i think the pandemic has made that more clear to people that it's like with everybody working from home that it's like we don't necessarily need to be crammed in this box and everything has to be done between nine and five or else nothing exists Th then i took that because yeah. that was the the guy who was my uh, boss the development manager i took that i learned stuff i took those skills and then when i started managing i went to other companies i started managing teams became producer or project manager i used the same technique whenever i work with people They'd be like, okay, when is, and if, look, this is due on Friday. I'm going to be honest with you, you want to sleep in the morning. You don't have to be here at 9 or 10. I don't give a shit. You want to stroll in at 11, stroll in at 11. Mm. But you better, whatever you fucking promise me, get it done. I'm not going to hold your hand. I'm not your, I'm not going to look out every day like, hey, did you do this? Did you do this? I'm never over your shoulder. I hate that micromanaging. Yeah. You pro And then I would get better results. Something that they said they would get done on Friday. They'd get done on a Thursday, on a Wednesday because they were comfortable. They'd stroll in when they wanted. Mm. They would do their fucking work. They were so happy. They would they'd stay a bit later. Do this. I don't give a shit. What, make your life good for you. Fulfill the promises. Then I fulfill to the customers. I tell them this is what's going to happen and it really does happen. Everyone's happy. I always hated the whole... Uh, no, I just want you, even if you're done, I want you here for eight hours. I want you to do it. What's the point? You're yeah. just stressing people out for no reason. No, absolutely. And productivity, I think, goes down. Like it does. I, I'm it telling is. you, I had statistics at the time, different strategies, different teams. It was painfully obvious mm -hmm. that the productivity went down. So you'd get more hours out of people, Yeah. hours on paper, but the results were always lower yeah. than the people who work less hours, but comfortable hours. Mm -hmm. So um, I didn't care. I'd rather have you, if 35 hours... I'm going to get work that for the other team would be 50. But if I put you at 40, I'm going to get work for 40 or less or whatever. Fuck that. I'd rather have you 35 and you give me the output. That's yeah. crazy. That's a no-brainer. But you always have these some people that get into management positions and they just like telling people what to do. They like nagging. They like being over your shoulder. God, the worst. So you can't, you can't move forward with that because yeah. you're never going to get the work that you need done and you're going to be stressed. Because you're like, oh, fuck, I fucked up. I, do I tell him? Do I not tell him? Do mm -hmm. I do this? You're always second-guessing yourself. Mm -hmm. It's very bad. That's uh, one of my observations of Korea is, is that. A lot of people have observed that too. Is That's the mentality there. And Micromanaging? School, micromanaging, yes. And and just like extreme hours, regardless of... Output. Output. Like, yes. Okay, let's look at education. Yeah. Uh, Japan, Korea, uh, every year score very high in like just international test scores. Very high. Usually one or two. Also competing one or two is, I believe, Finland, another country in Scandinavia. And they have completely different uh, outlooks on how education happens. In Finland, it's in Scandinavia, it's very much like you're describing, where like kids aren't necessarily pressured into studying all the time. They're more encouraged to kind of like, you know, choose things that interest them. The hours are less crazy, but because they're doing things that interest them, there's kind of more productivity. And in South Korea, it's just like, shove your head in a book from 6 a.m. till 2 a.m. Sometimes, like these kids sleep like four hours, some of them, especially high school. Jam your head in that book. You can you can get up to maybe go to like, maybe go to the bathroom. You could maybe, you know, go to like some other activity, piano lesson or like taekwondo or like whatever other activity that is stimulating. But don't you dare like, t you know, chill out for a second or do something you like. Because like, you're wasting 
yeah, valuable you're time. wasting valuable time that you need to be just study, 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 just cram your head in that book. And they do well because, you know, there's so many hours put in, but they do just as well as like the Scandinavian countries in international tests who study maybe a third of the time or, you know, something like that. So it's like two mentalities that produce the same result, but one you have crazy high suicide rate. Of there you go. Students, yeah. It's all is, the secondary stuff that I, I think about. Yeah. Which is, it just, it, that it kind of, it really honestly broke my heart when I was working with kids. Uh, cause like I didn't, I was, it's not like I was, I'm so passionate about teaching English or whatever. I did my job. I did my best. But a lot of the times, like the stuff we were actually, the books were like horribly written. The stuff we had to do was not helping them. You were kind of like uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. You walked into a <laughs> Korean dangerous mind situation. Yeah, exactly. You, you exactly. threw the chair in front. You sat the other way, and you're yeah. like, "How do we get through to you guys?" Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna be like, "We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna play some games today." All right, we're gonna do it a little differently. And they're like, "What?" You pull the same thing she pulled. She took a student out to dinner, and then she could eat whatever you want. And when you ordered, I don't know if you remember this. He looked, he looked at the waiter. Like, I would like a chicken. A whole one. No, <laughs> it was the I, greatest line ever. I saw this. Was I it want, Coolio? Oh, no, I don't no, know. no, it was a Latino kid. Okay. But it was just funny the way he said it because like, I want a chicken. A whole one. Like, mm. <laughs> the whole thing. Like, don't bring me half a fucking chicken, bro. Like, <laughs> yeah, the director was like, listen, you've never been to a restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> order like like a human being would never order. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I have. Yeah. Yeah. So you wanted to get through them, but that... Wait, did you have people... I wanted to... I didn't want to get through. I, I just wanted them to chill. I saw my Did class. you have people not chilling? That's what I'm... No, they were so stressed all the time. And uh, I'd have kids sleeping and they were like, they were depressed, man. Like I'd have kids come in, just put their head down. They're exhausted. And I was like, how was your weekend? What did you do? Study. Anything else? I play League of Legends. And you're like, that's yeah, they it? Love that stuff. Study League of Legends, study League of Legends. You know what I mean? That's not a life. Fuck, dude. Like I felt bad for them. And it's like, some of them would tell me they would sleep, you know, four hours. They would study till two. This is kids, some of them in elementary school. Like imagine a kid in here, uh, <laughs> grade four, studying till two that doesn't exist in canada yeah that's Nobody, insane what what kind you'd be like nerd look at this loser you would never i wish would, they would study here yeah exactly to here we have like the reverse problem almost you know but i really felt bad for them you know is uh it's just one of those it's one of those uh is it cultural like parenting wise you have to study or is it because it's so competitive and there's so many people that they want to be the best that they try so hard yeah it's it's both of those things for sure okay it's the fact that um you know, education is, is highly valued. Um, and as it should be, as it should be. Sure. And there's a lot of good things. I'm not trying to be like, everything's bad. Like that's living there. I was like, some things here are so much better and some things in Canada I way prefer. Yeah. And the thing that I way prefer is the fact that we're like a little more chilled out on the work culture where it's not like kill yourself studying. Cause some people actually fucking kill themselves cause it's too stressful. Aren't different um, places in Canada different about it? Like in Montreal, we're known to be a bit more lax than, say, a Toronto. That's from what I've heard. It seems that the culture. I don't know if you feel that when, like, when you go to Toronto, but I, I feel it. That's why I'm yeah. saying I'm bringing. But it could just be me, because I'm just always. I don't care where I am. I'm like, come yeah. down. I know. I, maybe it's because we're both pretty like laid back guys. But like, man, I remember the first time going to do like a you know shows, mics in Toronto. Like, I got off at Union Station. I stopped for a second to like look at my phone on the side and like I, some guys like get out of the way you're in the way like everyone's <laughs> like bustling and like they're like all that's upright. how they are in New York fuck right yeah yeah, yeah Toronto's yeah. like a wannabe New York a little bit yeah. dude Montreal no one's ever been like get out of my way like no everyone's chilling like I don't know people are so much more relaxed 
in comparison, lower. Yeah. I much prefer that. LA is a little too relaxed, I find sometimes. Yeah, too much, yeah. too many sandals. Yeah. Sandals, <laughs> like people show up to. This is another thing that's funny. Bring up. I remember the first time I ever had to go for a business meeting down there, and I was all excited. Mm. And I remember someone showing up, not in uh, flip flops, but sandals. Yeah, they were sandals with no socks or ever in shorts. I was like, this guy's a CEO of a fucking mm. huge company. He shows up now. I look like an fucking asshole. Mm. You know, wearing a fucking jacket and everything. Like, I, yeah, because you can't see my toes. Yeah, yeah, what the fuck is this? Now he's dressed like an asshole, but because he's dressed like an asshole, he's making me look like a goddamn asshole. Mm. And he comes casually late. Right. And it's just normal. Like, yeah, hey, you've been waiting a while. It's not like, what are you doing? That's yeah. not how we fucking do business. Mm. But then they're gonna be like, why you have that like East Coast mentality? Because yeah. then they see the East Coast as, well, calm down. Right. But the reason why they do it, by the way, is because of fucking traffic. They're going to tell you it's because they're chill, but mm. it's because they can't get to where they want to get on fucking time. Mm. That's why. Because that goddamn fucking highway, yeah. everything's, it, time it's doesn't wild. stop. It goes backwards. Like 53 lanes all jammed. There's so many lanes, but they get jammed. Yeah. God. It's the most lanes I think I've ever seen, mm. but they all, they're always jammed. That's wild. I've never been there, but I don't know. It looks like a, like parts of the culture like uh, kind of look like, ugh, like... But parts of it, mm. but oh, there's something interesting that I, I don't know how I'm going to fucking verbalize this. I hope it makes sense to people. So in you watch, you're a movie guy. You like arts, right? You're the... Not a huge movie guy. I know you're a music guy. Music shows, more of a showman. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, music, everything gives you a feeling, mm. right? There's a specific feeling and maybe sometimes it could be replicated. You're like, oh, I get the same feeling now because of this smell that I did when I was in kindergarten. Th- things of that nature. So before I'd ever been to LA, I was watching, uh, I like... Uh, Tarantino. Mm-hmm. Now, you know how, like, I guess Scorsese was it? Sc- who was the best person to replicate? I guess New York, probably Scorsese in the beginning when he's old, when he was doing independent shit with uh, Joe Pesci and stuff. When they would show New York, you know, you see in that light, it's a different New York than, let's say, a Spike Lee. Everyone has their own v- version of the city or the place they're in, and that feel is replicated on screen. For me, for the way my brain works, the closest to the feeling of California and Los Angeles, that area has been Tarantino movies. Cause before I had ever been, when I watched Tarantino movies, that feeling, the color grade, everything about it and the way people are and the way things look was behind a screen to me. Like it's a fake place. The first time I ever went to LA, it was the only movies all I go, holy shit. I see this place the way Tarantino sees it. I get that feeling from his movies, but from other movies in the region, mm they feel fake. It's not how it really feels, but that's because everyone has a different feeling of every place. So for you, for example, you may see a Tarantino movie, go to LA, you're like, feels completely different because you see it different. It's so hard to verbalize, it's but it was personalized. Yeah. The way he sees uh, California and the way he sees is the way I see it. Hmm. Like I see that little bit of extra grime, that little bit of extra, but not in a bad way though, just of, um, I guess, uh, I don't know, just the people traffic and the way I see it, hmm. In a different way. Like New York, there's no movie that makes me feel the way I feel when I'm in New York. No, no one's been able to replicate that for me, my feeling I get from there. But LA, Tarantino movies, I'm like, that's exactly, I could feel the heat. I could feel this, like the the, the way the walls are, the way the, the buildings are. Like I know exactly what he means. Like the way he mm. puts it on screen is the way it is for me when I'm there. Mm. It's very weird. It's, it's, I was thinking about this the other day because I saw it pop up on Netflix right. and uh, Pulp Fiction. And then it just came in my head. I go, it's fucking interesting that the way he sees it is the way I see it too. Mm. Yeah, because it's hard. It's uh, even Montreal. Sometimes I see documentaries about Montreal. I'm like, that's a different mm. Montreal. I know what you it mean. It doesn't absolutely. feel like the Montreal I'm experiencing. Absolutely. Such a weird thing to try to verbalize right now. It's like yeah. a feeling, but if I'm people, nodding, but I have no idea what you're saying. Yeah, yeah it's so <laughs> difficult. Like I know <laughs> that it's, it imagine. sounds insane. Yeah. But just the f- it sounds insane, right? Oh, you get what I'm saying. 
Okay, so maybe other people get it. You have a, you ever watch documentaries? Think about this. You ever watch documentaries about your city that you're in, and they're showing you these places and, yeah. and just walls, and you're like, this feels like another city. It doesn't feel like mine. It's yeah. just because out of the way you see things, the way you experience things, this is different from the filmmaker, you know. But it's the same place. It's just and it's hard when you find. It's very difficult to find someone that sees and feels something the way you do. So for me, when yeah, I noticed, yeah. I was like, ah, that's so strange. That that's where my feeling is when I go there. That mm -hmm. kind of yeah, there's certain angles you choose to show the. Yeah, it's such a sure, weird thing sure, to verbalize, sure. but. No, I do. I'm I'm just kidding around. I do kind of know what you mean when you when you relate it to Montreal for sure. Because I I was actually recently watching just on YouTube just people, kind of like uh, you know different YouTubers coming to Montreal or whatever, and uh, their videos. I'm like, is that that doesn't feel like you know? Obviously, they're seeing it from very touristy vibes and places I've never been, and I'm like, that's. Montreal, like, it's, not, oh, it's weird. something weird. And it's not even the location. They could yeah. they could show you a location that you've been to a million times, yeah. and the way they're portraying it, or the way the color. I don't know. There's something. It's and I never. It's these are things that happen in your head that you don't normally verbalize. So it was only recently, just like that. It was just a spark in my head, and it just came when mm. I saw the the poster. I was like, oh, that is interesting. That's it. Turned out that LA feels this, and mm. and then I started thinking about it, but I don't know how to talk about. It. And now you are on the show, and it just came in my head. Right. Uh, I'm a weirdo like that. Uh, I, 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 I get feelings. I'm like, how do I verbalize a feeling? It is very tough sometimes. No, I know what you mean. Even smelling. Sometimes there's yeah. a smell that comes in and I'm yeah. taken back to kindergarten. Mm. And it's random shit. Smell is supposedly very connected to like memory more than other senses. Me, it's fall, mm -hmm. wet uh, asphalt. When I smell the wet asphalt here in the fall, mm. it takes me back to, I think, my first day in kindergarten. Mm. And I could see things and, and f it's very fucking yeah. weird. Yeah, it's wild how smell does that. For me to like fresh cut grass in like the like late spring, early summer. Because what does it give you? Playing soccer as a kid, like as a six year old, like you know, in like some park in Didio, just like I'm there again. You know, it's like crazy around. I'm tiny. Like immediately brings me back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, apparently, smell does that more than other things. But it is very hard to verbalize a feeling. You it's, know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's interesting because like in music too, when you are trying to learn play a bit of guitar and bass and like. I'm trying to, with this time I have in the pandemic, get it, get a bit better, and I learn stuff on YouTube. And Are I you think playing it's guitar? Great, mostly guitar. Yeah, it's mostly uh, very useful to learn on YouTube, but there's something uh, beyond just learning the notes of like you're learning a song. There is, it's a feel. Yeah, it's interesting. It's music, like real good musicians talk about that, and like you. I, my brother would talk about it for years. He's a very good musician. And I'm like, what do you mean feel? And then I started playing a bit more and playing with him. I'm like, okay, yeah, it's it's a feeling, yeah. you know? Like I like reggae music a lot. And like uh, the bass lines are very simple. They're very simple. Like on paper, it's almost like some songs, they're like almost like childlike simple. It's like three notes. But all but together, it's everything? played, it's like, it's beautiful. It's crazy. But it's just the feel. How do you do it? How you do it? I'll try to replicate it. I'm like... I'm playing the same notes in the same time. I've got a metronome and everything, but the f it's it's weird. It's weird There's trying to verbalize, yeah. but that's what music does. Right? Music could give you... I have songs that um, they'll come on and they'll transport me to another time in my life, to another feeling in my life that I haven't had since then, stuff like that. Mm. Like, like a fucking time machine. Just music, just a melody or the singer's voice or something will bring you back and not just music that you would hear all the time during that period but there's sometimes there's instinctually this riff mm. does something to you it brings you back to 
this time when that riff meant something to you. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And it's just, it's fucking amazing how we all go through it, but because it's hard to verbalize, we never actually outwardly talk about that. Yeah. Like the power that music has. You know, people are just like, it's catchy. But man, music yeah. smells, feeling. Like I said, when a new city. When I go mm. into a new city, oh, you know what I think I noticed when I had took it shrooms uh, that night? Every time, so I never realized in my life that every block, everything has a different feeling. I didn't outwardly express it or know it, and you, most people don't pay attention until that night because when we would walk into lanes or when we were still in Park X, every time we turn, go into another block, everything's different, right? The architect, mm. like the, it would feel like I just started a new level in the game and I'd be Oh, another le- and and I would appreciate the fact that it's different, yeah, and it has its own qualities, mm-hmm. and and that happens subconsciously when you go to another city. You could be in North America, you go New York or Boston, it has a different feel. Yeah, there's a feel, not just the architecture, there's a feel, the people, the way they move, the way things are spaced out. It's it's yeah, it's um yeah. Again, it's very hard to verbalize. Very it hard, is, but but fun because I know that it's, yeah. there's no way it's just me. Everyone's probably feeling this shit. Absolutely. Yeah, literally, they're feeling it. What's uh, the feeling like for you in South Korea? Is it very, mm-hmm. me, I see, I've never been, so I just, from the TV, I see neon yeah, and uh, clutter, like people on top of each other mm. in my head. Yeah, how do you describe a feeling? Yeah, it's dense for sure. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say clutter because it's quite clean, regardless of it. Being I don't. Dense. Yeah, I don't feel yeah. dirty. I think dense is what I was looking to say. Yeah, just neon for sure. Seoul itself, again, each city within Korea has like a different feel. Seoul yeah. is just like it's probably the biggest city I've been to. I guess I've I've been to New York, but I was really young. I don't really remember. Interestingly, Seoul kind of gives me that same feeling a little, but I don't know if it's psychologically that I know that they're both very big, dense cities. Um, but uh, it gives me a bit of that same feeling. Like it's just it's ha- like it's so alive. It's uh, it's dense and it just it never. It, I know that's the what they say about New York, but Seoul really like no matter what time of the night you could do anything. You okay, hit, that's amazing. You want to hit golf balls for some reason at four a.m. like when you're smashed with your friends, you could do that in Seoul. You want to. You know, play PlayStation. There's a room for that. You could go pay to play. Like, like anything you want to do is just happening at all times. So like that contributes to the feeling. Like anything's possible. It really, I really love the feeling of soul. Like being out late, just like hanging out. It was like uh, the feeling of just kind of like endless possibilities. And is there danger? And, is there, are there dangerous neighborhoods? Like how does it feel? Does it feel like no, every other North American city or safer? No, it feels way safer. Interesting. You, know, you talk to locals there and they're like, oh, don't go here or whatever. But it's funny because there's like the, the foreign kind of district of Seoul, which is like where I started doing comedy and where a lot of- And that's like the no-go zone? Yeah, they're like, don't go there. And Bunch like, of foreigners. I don't know. It's just a Turkish guy selling kebabs. Yeah. And African dude selling dashikis. And like, it's not scary. But there, I guess when you grow up around only your own culture, you, you know, you're generally- You're weary. Like, what? <laughs> What's the kebab guy? He's got a big sword. I don't know what he's doing with that. Um, but no, very safe. Very safe. Uh, I love Seoul. I'm in love. And then Busan is the second biggest city. It's on the southeast. Okay. And it has a very different vibe. It's like on the sea, right? So it's got like, for me, it feels uh, it feels like Beirut, actually, to me. Uh, feels very similar. I've said that to like my cousins in Lebanon. They were like, not that they've been to Busan, but they're like, there's no way. I showed them pictures of like, that looks... But the feeling is different than the look, yeah. Exactly, it's the feeling. And I think a lot of that feeling could be the fact that you just smell the the salt of the sea wherever you are. And like, 
uh, much like Beirut, it's like, you know, it's like a little, kind of, it's like a triangle that juts out. Busan too, it kind of juts out into the sea. And then there's kind of a mountain behind it. So like the further you go inland, the more you can have a look of the sea. You can always kind of see the sea almost wherever you are, unless you're like in the really the thick of the buildings. So yeah, Busan, I loved Busan, southeast of Seoul, very similar, like just the seafood and kind of like you can smell like the salt is in the air and it's also very dense and bustling. And Is there tensions there because of the north? Like are they always tense that there might be a war or do they not even think about they it? They think about it so much less than we do. It's so interesting. Really? Okay, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, because it's, it's been going on. The, the, the Korean War was in 50 to 53. It's been forever. And... Uh, you know, they, the, country, the two countries have diverged almost to where they're like just a different planet. So yeah. it's wild. I'm obsessed with North Korea, by the way. So uh, forgive me if I go on, go off for No, that's, I'm, I'm always curious about it. I had yeah. my buddy on Two Trick Minimum a while. My buddy Michael Malice came on and he's been to North Korea. Right, I've heard him. He, on, he on, writes uh, books about it and stuff. Yeah. So I should read his book. I've heard him talk on podcasts. Yeah, Malice he's a very is, interesting guy. Yeah. He's an interesting guy. And uh, yeah, he's been on Rogan too a couple of times. So he's, and he knows this shit. He's been there a while. Sure. And he he was telling me how weird it was, but not in a, he he he's not even like a hater of it. He's more interested in it. Mm. He's more like this is how it's done there. Look at how crazy this is and how we do, and uh, it's fascinating. It's fascinating how they are. Yeah, I'm 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 so intrigued by it. It's wild because it's just like it's like another planet. You he's know? the one who made me realize that there's people there basically suffering. Like mm. it's it's like you're p- being held captive. Yeah, in um, a sci-fi uh, world. Like it, it, one, you know, the border, if the world is so different in South Korea, North Korea, like one place there's, you know, famine. Sometimes uh, the government could take you in the middle of the night, you disappear. Mm. And just over the border, there's K-pop stars. And uh, like you said, mini golf at 4 a.m. or yeah. neon signs. Everywhere. It's food, crazy. Uh, every food you can imagine. Every food you can imagine, kebabs, uh, yeah. souvlakis, whatever the hell you want. And just across the border nightmare world a world yeah. a made-up world fake facades uh craziness to think how close they are yeah it's insane yeah it's a little a legit orwellian nightmare you want like some water actually uh sure yeah. silent grab some water sure. thanks man um but yeah getting back to your original question mm-hmm. very good question because people think like oh man it must be tense it's wild they have the troops facing each other at the border 24 7 when you're there it's People talk about it when you want to talk about it, but it's not an it's it's almost a non-issue from what I can tell. From definitely, I was there four years. Nobody really talks about it. Thanks, bro. Um, and like they have um, uh, military missions every year, like in the springtime, like the the U.S. tons of U.S. bases in Korea. So the South Korean military and the American military every year they conduct operations like uh, drills, and then the North does some wild stuff. And every year, it's in the news cycle in North America. It's like, tensions are rising. What's going to happen? Nuclear war? Uh, question mark. And like, I'll get messages from people like, you okay? I know you're in South Korea. And you're like, nobody mentions it. My first year I was there, I went to my um, co-teacher. And, I, you know, it was the first year there. I was panicking because I was hearing North American news. I was listening to like whatever. CNN. CNN. Yeah. You know, yeah, something like that. And then like, I was like, oh, should I panic? And they were like, what the hell are you talking about? What? What's going on? I'm like, they're conducting drills. They're like, they are. Who gives a shit? No, it's not real. And you're like, okay. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know what's fucked up about that is I've always heard, and even the whole James O'Keefe thing uh, came out a couple of weeks ago, the Project Veritas, uh, the guy that they had, he, he, he they tricked a CNN producer into going on a Tinder date with a hot chick, no. and they had him on the hot, basically was being recorded, 
And man, hot chicks make guys divulge a lot of information. Oh God, yeah. So he basically said on camera that he even referred to the word propaganda for what they do at CNN. And he goes, yeah, of course we make stuff up to make people scared. It's mm. all part of the game. Yeah, you have to fear it sells. No, no, that's why. And he was saying how that's why when they were doing the COVID stuff, they put the skull. Because I even asked that a year ago. Why did they put the skull in the bones? Like, that's crazy shit. Like death count, death count, all that shit. Mm. So he was talking about that, how uh, they scare people because it makes you want to watch. Interesting, yeah. And people have been saying that for years. Like in North America, you guys, it's very scary. Your news is never like, hey, this happened. Or it's always like, are your kids safe? Your neighbor might be a pedophile. It's always yeah. scary, scary shit. And it's fun to look at it from that perspective where the place that should be more the most scared if they were really next to a dictator that's about to drill them, you know, instead it's like, no, nah, nothing's happening. You guys are, that's your news media scaring you guys here. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, and I saw that every year. It was the same time. It was like August, uh, sorry, April, May, the US and South Korea would conduct their drills. Oh my God, tensions rising. You ask, like the second year I asked like, one person instead of two people like is it okay they're like yeah yeah it's fine don't worry about it this happens all the time yeah no definitely it's uh i think you know you got to get clicks you know what i mean where everyone's got a everyone's got a gimmick and the mainstream news medias they gotta find a way to like get people to watch like if you open up a thing and it's like your neighbor might be a pedophile you're way more likely to click than it's like you know what your neighbor i fucking thought steve was a pedophile you're guy. clicking on it yeah poor steve today he's getting everything <laughs> steve is always my go-to name yeah for ridiculous, and I used to have a, a buddy that I worked with that one time he thought I was just making fun of him if mm. I'd go on stage or whatever. Like, no, 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 I've been saying that before I met you. It's just for me, it's the simplest. Yeah, it's simple and it could be goofy if yeah. you say Steve. It's very. That's why I say it. Yeah, no, yeah. it's a good one. I think I might use. I don't know. Steve is good, bro. Steve it's good. Yeah, because cool. everybody can laugh at it. It's not super specific. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you're like, you say someone's real ethnic specific name. Now it's like sure. you're attacking someone. Yeah, Steve yeah. is fucking generic as hell. Yeah, yeah. Everybody knows it's us, a, Steve. It's a, a very type. different tone, right? If you use like a specific ethnic name, it's like, yeah. okay, this guy's got an edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut yeah. the fuck up, Hassan. And you're like, yeah. that's very yeah. specific. Yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But if it's Steve, it's like, I, I can get behind Steve. Yeah, we all know Steve who sucks. Yeah. That type of person. And now it's funny because I know a Steve. I have a, like one of my business partners is Steve. So he's going to he's gonna hear this. He's going to be like, is that about me? Is that son of a bitch talking about me? But it's never, it's never that. Yeah. When are you going back? Are you going to bring the girlfriend to uh, South Korea? Are you going to show around? I, I'd like to. I'd like to. I definitely want to. My plan was to actually go around now. Uh, this was pre-pandemic? Pre -pandemic. It was kind of in the books, you know? Uh, but, yeah, who knows? Next year, maybe. Could be. How yeah. are they doing down there? Are they all vaccinated? Or I check up every once in a while, but it's been a while since I kind of looked. You know, every couple of months I go, how is this country doing out of curiosity? But I, I'm honestly not sure. It's you been friends several there? months. I have a couple friends, but I haven't spoken to them in, in maybe a year or two. You know what I mean? I think I, me I messaged one of my good buddies, kind of actually the guy who kind of got me into stand-up. Um, he's still, he's been there forever. He's a lifer. He's, he wants he, to live there. He's married. Yeah, his wife. You married her. a Korean woman? Yeah, okay, so, so he's, he's like, a, I believe he's a citizen now and he teaches uh, in a university, I think. Oh, shit. He yeah, must he's be. He's got a pretty good job. He I think. Yeah, must be making some money. Uh, unless he got fired. I don't know. He's a bit of a degenerate. Uh, <laughs> funny guy, though. Um, I, I think I messaged him like in the beginning and how's it going? He's like, it was locked down, but I haven't spoken to him in a while. Would you, if your girlfriend likes it there, would you be able to move there or no? That's not. We've actually talked about it. She, I, I'm worried about her. She's like, oh yeah, that would be so cool. But I'm like, 
she's very she's cool as fuck she's open-minded i'm sure she could adapt but i don't know if she realizes how different, different. it's going to be how intense like when i went it was a different time i don't know if it's going to be the same for me you know i was 22 23 i you know just wanted to get out of montreal i love this place but it's like fuck you know i gotta see the world yeah i just wanted to like i just been a student i was a nerd you know like i had the uh i'm thankful but i had like you know my mom shoving like education is everything right and yeah. i was scared straight you know i was like a you know besides like fucking drinking and smoking i didn't really do anything crazy you know school 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 so and i was always working like i started working you know as soon as i could legally same you know, yeah. even when i was you know before that i was working in warehouses exactly illegally. i was about to say even yeah. before it was legal i was working <laughs> yeah, i was working dude i've been stacking boxes in warehouse every summer since i was fucking 14 maybe 13 i don't know Refing soccer when I was like 11. <laughs> I, I, I didn't ref soccer. I ref basketball once. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. God. I stopped that because like I couldn't take the abuse after a while. <laughs> like I, got, I was too sensitive when I was younger. Yeah, me too. I would take it out on the team. <laughs> yeah. I would just be like, yeah. I would get so mad. But uh, yeah, my point is like, it was just like schoolwork, schoolwork, schoolwork. I finished university. And I was like, fuck, this can't be it. I was working and I was like, oh, get me out of here. Like I researched, what could I do? I, I, I can't. I'm not like some trust fund kid that I can just, I'm going backpacking in Europe for a year. Like I had no money, you know, I'm like, okay, where can I go? That's very different, but I can work. And South Korea was like the number one place where I could easily find work. Plus it's like, this is nothing like what I know. And I had some friends in university from Korea. So I, they would tell me about the culture and I was kind of intrigued. It's kind of cool. It's very cool. I like South Korea. Like Super I like the, the cult, everything I see. Love it. Love I like it. that kind of stuff. Such an awesome place. Uh, Them and the Japanese I'm impressed by. Yeah, I'd like to go to Japan for sure, because there's I know there's crossovers, similarities in the uh, in the two cultures, and then ways that they're very different. So I'd like to definitely see that. It was just kind of too expensive when I was out there. I was just trying to save money, so I was like, it's not it wasn't a priority. But my point is, it was a different time. I was like young, you know, uh, whippersnapper. Yeah, I was a young whippersnapper. You know what I mean? You're just young, dumb, full of cum. You know, you're just like, what's what's cool and and I'm happy I went. That's how I discovered doing comedy, coming back full circle, you know. I'd had no idea. That was not an intention. It was always something I loved and I wanted to do as a bucket list. I used to go to the works as soon as I could, when I was like 17, 18. And I loved it. But I was like, I could never do that. I could make so my friends So you go to comedy works just, just to watch comics, not because you were planning a open mic set? A bit of both. A bit of both. The first times I had no intention of doing it. It was one of those things like I would love to try it once just to say I did it because okay. I love this thing and I love the art. I've loved it since I was a kid, you know? I used to watch comedy now. I loved it. I remember comedy now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. Those came on. I was glued to the television. I thought there was something so captivating about this. Yeah. I, do you remember anybody that you saw on that? Man. Now, no. Like, I, I remember yeah, I remember Russell yeah. Peters first th that set of there course, the white shirt but I remember going to get that one yeah, yeah but yeah. I remember watching it when it came out not before it went viral mm. and uh, Manoli Zontanos the first time I had seen him was there I remember a couple of them yeah. I remember going back and watching them maybe four years ago and I go oh I remember that I remember that off the top of my head I can't remember any those are the only two Nathan that I remember McIntosh, that had maybe. I don't remember if I saw Nathan McIntosh but I remember seeing those two there those are two that stick with me mm. and I remember the TV I watched it on dude. I, and this yeah. was years ago that I remember putting yeah. the volume up and it was, was it 11 o'clock on Saturday night? Some, some yeah, shit like that. Yeah. I think that was exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> CTV. Yeah, yeah CTV. Well, yeah, I remember. CTV yeah. Comedy, you know. If you had uh, cable, it was channel 11. Channel if you didn't, 11, it was 12. Yes, yeah. Channel 11. Yeah. I remember. I remember all that stuff. Yeah. It's weird because it, you don't realize how it's stuck with you. until Like yeah. you mentioned comedy now and then 
that memory came in? It was never, I, I wasn't like as a kid, like I want to be a, com a comedian one day. I never thought of it. Actually, interestingly, this, this, I, when I read this, I almost like froze. I, uh, was looking through old shit. because I used to write a lot when I was a kid. I wanted to be a writer when I was like a young, like elementary. And I looked at a short story I wrote when I was like in grade three and it was about a stand-up comic. I didn't even know I knew what stand-up comedy was. It was about a stand-up comic. <laughs> I was grade three. And he just, the, <laughs> the whole point of the story is that he goes up and he, he's bombing. And then he starts having back spasms and he just, he's, he's writhing on the ground and people are booing and laughing at him. That's the whole story. But I remember like reading a good story. that. Like four years, you know, like four years ago and going through old papers and I read it and I was like, no way. Holy shit. Like this was actually in my head. Yeah. The seed was planted. You don't even know when. Yeah. And I was already scared of bombing, you know? <laughs> Imagine that. Isn't that fucking yeah. funny? I'm like fucking nine, you know? Uh, but yeah, it was never something I thought of doing. So I'm young, go to Korea. I just, I just wanted to get out and work. Really cool, cool experiences, whatever, meeting, blah, 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 all that stupid shit. And then, uh, yeah, the guy I'm talking about. Uh, Dan Weiberg, shout out to Dan Weiberg. He was uh, shout out Dan. He had an open mic and he had um, kind of mentioned it, and I was like, "Oh, that's really cool." Uh, whatever, maybe let me know when it's happening. But I'm like, "Oh, it's kind of cool." Then I met John Barello, who's like, a I know he's fan, a funny dude, very funny guy. We met there, and like we hit it off right away. Like for the f you know, does I like, John, I, I have the, a problem with him that he doesn't know how guy. funny he is. Oh, he knows. No. He knows? Does he know now? <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, yeah. Just kidding. He's a funny motherfucker. He's very funny. He's one of the yeah. smartest, funniest people I know. Love, love him. Love him to death. But I marry him. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's a good man. He's a good man, yeah. Uh, we met and like for the first time there at least, I was like, okay, this is someone cool. Because you, you, you know, it's a weird pool of people you meet when you go to when you're And when you're alone. You're alone. You're in the neighborhood. I see a random you know, non-Korean person. You're like, you want to hang out? And then you end up hanging out and you're like, this I'm an illegal immigrant. Sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there are, yeah, exactly. But he was one of the first person people I met. It was like, oh, I can make, okay, I remember this. Laughter, banter, riffing. And we were making each other laugh so much. And I was like, man, you should try stand-up. He was like, you should try stand-up. And, uh, and we got an opportunity with that guy. Tried it for the first time together, same night. It was like maybe 2013 early, maybe 2012 late. And uh, looking back, we were terrible. Like the narrative in my head is like, we both crushed. We did the best of who was there that night, I think. But we were all terrible. Yeah, it's kind of my story too. People are you like, know? I remember you got laughs your first time. Like, yeah, yeah uh, because by comparison. Yeah. But I can never say that stuff now. It was just garbage. It was so bad. I thought yeah. I was amazing for like the first two years. I legit was oh, like, really? wow. I always you thought just, I sucked. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now I think I suck. Yeah. But then I was like, I'm so good. I would have quit, you know, had I known how bad I was. I would have for sure quit. Uh, just because, you know, you do your set, you're so nervous. And then like five, six people come up. They're like, that was really good. And in your head, you're like, that was really good. You listen to the tape. You're like, I got some laughs and I still have the recording and I've listened to it. I'm like, if I got that number of laughs with that crowd today, I'd be like, I ate it so yeah. bad, you know, but back then. Oh yeah, that's true. You Cause your know, barometer was off. You don't know what to expect, uh. but you set a punchline and some people laughed. Three people laughed, and you're like, "That was amazing." Victory. Now, if three people out of twenty laugh, I'm like, "Okay, that's throw that joke away. It's nothing, you know." Yeah. But yeah, no. I think I had I started here, I would have I would have quit. And where's John from? When you you met him there? John's from I met him there. He's from upstate New York. Okay. And 
And then yeah. you you convinced him to come here? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. He didn't know what he was getting himself into. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Yeah, but um was it easy for him to immigrate here? Uh, it's an ongoing process. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah an ongoing. That's ah, let's not get into it. I'll talk to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but it's, but it's yeah, fucking annoying. It's boring. It's all kind of bullshit, but uh um yeah, he's he likes it here, man. He really like, he like also the states now it's opening up, but for a while it's like do you want to where do you want to go, you know? Like you know Florida. Chaos. Florida gets a bad rap all the time in the yeah. news cuz a Florida, Florida guy. Dude. But and I haven't been to Florida, but it's one of those places now that I'm starting at least my perception of it is starting to change. Mm. I'm looking at it way more favorably. Florida, as I like to call it, Southern Quebec. That's well, there's it's a lot like, of Quebecers there yeah. too. Yeah, it's just I don't know. I'm starting to think about it. I love the shit, uh, you know, like the dumb Florida guy yeah. jokes that they do. Or that's, but that would be funny, regardless of where it happened. All those stories, right? It's just because it happens in Florida, because Florida is pretty free, open state. Um, but I don't know, I've been looking at it, like their tax laws and the way they are. The way I was like, you know what? It seems like a fucking fun place to be. Mm-hmm. It seems like a good place. You don't have to be in Miami if you don't want to party all the time. But there's other places. It's, it's, I don't know. It just seems like I've uh, overlooked Florida. Yeah. I might be wrong. I don't know. You ever been to Florida? I've been a couple times, actually. Am I wrong about Florida? Is it a shithole? No, I love Florida. There you go. It, it is a shithole. Okay. But I love it. <laughs> Parts of it are, gee, like, I feel like the kind of like the middle chunk is like, oh, geez. Is that like Jacksonville? I don't think I've been that north. Um, last time I was there, I was like west of Fort Lauderdale, like kind of in the center. How was Fort Lauderdale? Yeah, a lot of, it's a, uh, yeah, it's like... A lot of older Quebecers, a lot of like retirees, snowbirds, a lot of bloated, sunburnt, old white retired people. I don't want people. that. Yeah. Um, that was my experience, at least. Uh, Miami is so cool. Love Miami. Right, huh? So dope. Uh, I drove to the Keys. It's gorgeous. Like you're like basically just on a highway in the middle of the Caribbean. That's what I mean. Like that kind so of shit nice. seems amazing. It's close, you know, like. Plus so a lot of Cubans. You get to eat Cuban food. Oh. There's something that to me I'm Miami's looking at and I'm like. flavor, baby. Yeah. Oh, baby. It's got flavor. I don't yeah. know. It's, it's, uh, I like it. No, I like Florida. It was really, really... Even the grimier parts were like, there's something here, you know? The feel is, uh, in some parts, is like, oh, I got bugs crawling on my skin here. Oh, okay, okay. Figuratively and literally. But when you go to uh, mostly Miami, actually. Miami Have you been to Orlando? Cool. Mike goes to Orlando been a lot. Been to Orlando. You know, I went to the, whatever, Disney... Tourist shit. Shit, you know? Um, when I was like 14, I went with a buddy... His family had like a timeshare in, in Orlando, and a I timeshare. Oh, poor! Like, they got yeah. they got duped. Yeah, for sure. But I got to go. It was kind of cool. There a timeshare is just a scam, right? Great family. I think so. I mean, I learned that later on. When I was fourteen, I was like, "This is amazing. You guys are rich." And I was like, "Oh, geez." Later on, when you learn, a timeshare is you're basically renting. You're paying money to rent mm-hmm. um, a building or a room or whatever the fuck you yeah, want a like condo. A, it was a small house. A house yeah. for uh, like a week. In the year, and then other people also rent it, but on different weeks. Mm-hmm. So the people that originally have that place, they're making money off. Let's say theoretically, if there's 52 weeks, 52 different people, uh, if there's 52 uh, weeks of 52 different people that are renting it for a week apart, so they're making all kinds of money, but you're losing all kinds of money because it's nowhere near what you're paying and what you're actually getting. Right? Is that is that the the gist of the timeshare? I haven't looked into it too much, but it seems a little scammy when you see, uh, you know, people pitching timeshares to you. Like, uh, <laughs> went to me and Tat went to Mexico, and uh, it was probably a bad mistake. But when we were getting out of the 
airport to go to the resort, there was like a guy pitching. Uh, he was like, you know, if you go to this, um, if you buy this package, you're gonna you're gonna get all these deals on like scuba diving and all these activities we wanted to do. And I was like, don't don't. Yeah, she was feels- like, no, this is amazing. And I was like, I don't. I have a bad feeling about this. You gullible little shit. She was, it, the guy was like, all you got to do is go to um, this pitch meeting. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that was it. They pitch you a timeshare. <laughs> they go and pitch you. And it's like, you get every level of salesman. It was wild, you know? It's, you know what's funny? Whenever, I haven't been in that situation in years, but every time you get those multi-level marketing, oh, God. the way they act, yeah. and like in their head, they think, I'm fucking Ari Gold. I'm selling this right now. Yeah. But the way they act and the way you see them, like your perception is so different. I'm like, who's falling for this? Nah. Oh, God. The greasy salesman. What's up, Poseidon? Oh, leasing a car sure. is like a time show. I was just watching a uh, CBC Marketplace uh, video about uh, how they kind of do people into like, Oh, it's a 97-month uh, contract. And you're like, what the fuck? There's nobody... And it's like, it's such a scam. You're paying way more in the end. Yeah, yeah. and it's a 97-month... No, yeah. I think it's different than leasing a car because personally now, I'm not, no longer fine. I'm always leasing. I think it's the best thing because what I do is like I, uh, my car that I have now, my lease is up next year, one, one year from yeah. now. So I have for four years. But the thing is, I have everything in, the maintenance, the tires, all that. So if anything happens, I just bring it in. They repair, they do all that shit. And I leave for four years. The second the four years are up, I'm going to get another car, at least the same. Because if I finance it on four, five, seven years, the second you're done financing it, dude, that's when problems are going to start. Sure. So then I have more stuff to pay. So I'd rather just keep having a new car and leasing it. Oh, leasing's the way to go. Yeah. For sure. But I've seen the But I'm an immigrant the lease. mentality yeah, yeah. guy. So the first car I got, I financed like a dope. Oh, uh, fuck. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? We can't hear you. There's no microphone on you. So this is useless. Thank you. Classic Poseidon. Mm. Look, let me derail yeah. this show. Yeah. Dude, I used to sell... Uh, man, the first salesman we got was like this young Mexican kid and I felt so bad for him because like it's he's his heart's not in it. You know what I mean? And I'm yeah, like, yeah. dude, please just... We're not buying. Believe... I don't have... I, I could barely afford the vacation I'm on. Believe me, I'm not <laughs> spending money. Yeah, yeah, I'm not spending money on, on a, a fucking, fucking timeshare. Timeshare. But then they brought in the uh, the Ari Gold type. Like the, there's always a is a type. He's like yeah. you know he's a bit of a dick and he's just like in your face a little bit. What are you a dummy? Yeah. I'm offering you the deal of the century. Yeah, the kind of like I don't like that type of dude. I don't know. Oh, nobody does. Okay, yes, it's good to be assertive as a man and whatever. But fucking Christ, dude, like chill out. Like he was very like, and I had to respond. Like I didn't want to stay there forever. I was like, listen, sir, with all due respect, we're both poor, but we don't have money. You're not. I ha- there's no budget. Even if you get no, no, me to agree me. to like it, yeah. I can't get you the money. What's your budget? I was like, I do not have a budget. <laughs> there is. This is my budget. This is my budget. I didn't come here for this. And he was like, Get out of here. It was great. Like, and then we got a free meal and whatever. But very cult. Like the the place that was selling Culty. the timeshares. It felt like we were in a fucking. Uh, What's that called? Scientology. Uh, Scientology place. Like it yeah. was wild. There was almost. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they had those. Look at your your Thetan levels. Yeah, I mean, where are the levels? Where the fuck they call it Scientology? That shit. Know, they just make you touch some electrode and like use the harder you squeeze it, the more the. And they're like, oh, you're perfect for Scientology. Oh, really? That's interesting. How yeah, come exactly. that guy was also perfect? Yeah, everybody's perfect. Yeah, you're perfect fucking sheep. I don't like culty shit either. Whenever no, I feel I like don't. they don't want to let me go, yeah, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm yeah. fucking leaving. Yeah. I don't like that stuff. No, it's gross. It's not the way you sell stuff. Yeah. I figure you give the person, you present them with the value and then let them make a decision. The second you start 
pushing too much. Mm. I mean, I've uh, when I was looking for a car a couple of years ago, when I was looking for my first, I think Poseidon was. Remember when we went to Honda on Dakari? Were you with me? Was that you or Viron? The Honda XL Honda, I think, on Dakari. Must have been Viron, yeah, because then Viron came to drive. Anyways, they. It was like uh, the next week after, then I got my car, but not from there. I went and got a Ford because of they were too pushy mm. because of the harassment. Yeah. So I was like, you know, I'm still looking at And then he's like, if you want this, you got to sign right now and this. And he was being such a dummy. I was like, you fucking idiots. I'm most likely going to get this car if you're not being a dick. But on principle, I'm going to leave. Mm. And then I left and I spent money uh, at Ford instead just because of the pushiness. Sure. Almost yeah. had a spite. Yeah. I don't like that. It worked. The, the shitty part is they do it because it works on the majority of people. People kind of panic and they don't know what to do. I used to, man, the, uh, uh, of all the ridiculous jobs I've had, the craziest one was I would just sell random shit in the streets. What do you mean? Man, I went to a job interview right in around one, here. Okay, yeah. Right around here. On yeah, Salem. This isn't the place to go for job interviews. Oh my goodness, dude. And, I, you know, like I, I never, I would come to Park X to eat Indian food and Greek food. And that was pretty much it. My experiences with Park X, right? Lived in NDG and before that West Island. Like I never ventured here. Let alone like those, there's a weird, and you know, you go on the a weird side oh, street and you're some like, what is happening? Is different right? worlds. Yeah. You walked into a it's portal. A different planet for yeah. sure. Speaking of feel, you're like, uh, I don't like this feeling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. So it's like, it's up, up Sailor Ra, just above the 40 there somewhere. And like, I walk into this building that looks abandoned. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks like, it, it looks like Baghdad today. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're like, I know. How I is know. this Montreal? And yet, doorman. So very weird. Like that's this building is crumbling, and yet there's like a buzzer and a doorman. There are a couple like, of what those. What is going on here? You yeah. know? Walk into the interview. The guy sits me down. He's like, "Oh, blah blah blah, strengths, weaknesses, all that stupid shit." Talking yeah. very quickly, and after like three questions, uh, he's like, "Okay, you're good to start today." And I was like, "All right." I saw this on Craigslist. I thought it was a, a like a telemarketing bullshit. Yeah, I was broke. I had racked. You know, I was young. I racked up some credit card debt. I, I gotta like, pay I them need off. Money right now. Yeah. I'll do anything. Um, so, uh, he's like, okay, this guy's going to train you. He's going to show you the ropes or whatever. Some other shady looking dude with like a messy dress shirt. That's like half tucked in. <laughs> he like, got, like fucking he's doing the Gretzky, but with a dress shirt. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And there's like a mustard stain on it. And like, he's like got crumbs on his mouth. And, uh, I'm like, okay, this guy's going to train me. He's going to take me to a separate room full of computers and I'm going to sell some stupid thing. Yeah. I'm going to answer phones. He takes me to a garage with a car with four other guys in it who are all wearing shambled suits. And he's like, get in. I'm like, where are we going? He's like, you'll see. Like, Is that what he says? That's so bad. I was like, I'm like, well, I'm, a, I'm far from home here. I'm far from NDG. Um, let's get in this car, see what happens. We drive from Park X to a industrial park in Ville Saint Laurent. And I'm like, what the, f is this where I, this is where I get my kidneys taken. This is it, it's over. Like in my head in the car, I'm like, okay. Of all the places to take you, though, somewhere where there's no foot traffic. Yeah, yeah, yeah nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing. Yeah, no, it was wild. And I was like, I was legit planning, like, okay, I think I could beat that guy up. I think I can run faster than him. This guy might, this guy, okay. I'm were gonna, they all new? Was it all the new guys or they knew what they were doing? They knew what was going on and they kept being like, <laughs> you'll see. And I was like, oh God, no, I don't like, just tell me what it is. Are we raping someone? <laughs> God. Wait, wait, is that me? We briefing me? Yeah. <laughs> How is this a job? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you gonna pay me in cash? Yeah. yeah. Opens the trunk of the car. It's 
full of garb like shitty toys from china perfume all kinds oh of my God. garbage and he's like we're gonna go in there and sell that to them i'm like do they know to we're who? coming <laughs> to who? i'm like to who? he's like he's put you know it's industrial park you know just factories and just like well, those buildings where it's like all kinds of stuff you know mostly like warehouses and factories yeah and i was like is there a meet like we're gonna pitch like what's going on and he's like no just walk in you'll see the guy walks in it's the most ridiculous part. What he's selling as a toy is a Guitar Hero Air Guitar. I'm going to say that again. <laughs> he's selling an Air Guitar. I mean, okay. is an Air Guitar yeah. when you don't have a guitar? Yes. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Is he selling dreams? Dude, I wish. He's selling nightmares, my friend. This guy had, it's like a belt you wear around your waist that you would just clip on right and there's like a thing that looks like a, it's like a plastic speaker it's like an amp which is a magnet and then you have a magnetic pick and when you wave it over the the other magnet it makes sounds you okay. know like it'll make it'll do a riff like smoke on the water like the dumbest piece of merchandise you've ever seen in your life <laughs> But who is the demographic for this? Apparently a lot of people, I don't know. The guy walks in and sells like five. We, first of all, it's like you're bursting. Like we're walking into buildings. I, I bet you I sold in this building. Yeah, for I sure. believe. I was on Chabanel all the time. Yeah. He, we'll walk in, we'll go upstairs, we'll knock on every door. You think it's good, you got a lock, believe me. Oh, because you guys would just walk in. We just walk in. You go to like, you know, there's all these textile places here. You yeah. walk in, you go, hey, bonjour, tout le monde, ça va bien, ha, hey, everybody. Uh, we have a show for you. Yeah, like we're doing a promotion today. We're here from some made up bullshit. We weren't for anybody. We're here from Guitar Hero Limited. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and we would just pitch to whoever was there. And most people are like, get the fuck out of my office <laughs> right now. But occasionally you'd get... And people who are like, that's so cool. An art, a guitar hero. Steve. Oh, God. Steve, come here. Come here. Check this out. Wouldn't this be a fun gift for Kyle? Dun, dun, dun. And he's like, mm, I guess. It, 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 Shauna's birthday is coming up. Why don't we get one? You know what? Get And then sometimes you just get people buy a bunch of garbage, you know? Oh, my God. And would they pay cash? cash of course. Yeah, pay cash. Uh, and then what's your cut? Card. It's 50%. Oh, wow. Yeah. Not bad. So it's like those, that particular toy. Did you make like, any money? Did you do this for a while? Dude, I made, I actually made pretty good money. I did it for like um maybe six weeks because it was mind numbing. It's horrible. And you have to become that. I saw the people who were really good. This is why I'm telling the story. Was the greasiest, pushiest people. The people who were just kind of assholes. They didn't give a fuck about. It's like, you're like bullying some Haitian grandmother. In, in, on you don't care about your grandkids? You know? Yeah, like shit like that. I swear to God, I saw that exact I've thing. seen that stuff, yeah. What hurt me is that, you know, the people who ended up kind of falling for it and, and doing it was like older immigrants. It was like a lot of grandmothers. My best area was was like Jean Talon and like uh, Saint-Hubert, that corner. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I felt bad because like you'd get, you know, like some poor grandmother. She's got like 42 uh, nieces and nephews back home. She needs presents. She'd be like, oh, but that's uh, okay, okay, je vais prendre this. And you're like, oh, God, she just gave me a hundred bucks or whatever yeah, yeah. for this knockoff perfume. So we sold, the main thing we sold later on was a perfume called Sex in the City. 
Sex in the city. Yes. Well, it is a good place to have sex. Does that does that does that uh, phrase ring a bell? Like, does oh, that- of course it rings a bell, and yeah. I get what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, it's different. Yes. But same, same. But you're smart. Most people didn't realize that that the show is called Sex and, and the, the city. city. Yeah. Out of the hundreds, uh, maybe fucking thousands of people I've pitched in the streets of Montreal that winter, spring, one woman, only one woman went, isn't the show called Sex and the City? Everybody else, I love that show. Oh yeah, this this they just put out a perfume. It came out in France. Oh, and it was no. fake. It said made in France, but it was made in China and it was super cheap and it smelled like whatever. It smelled like, you know, chemical bullshit. Kate, that was it. You would if you got one person in the office, like if you could get the front desk chick, it was over. It was over. Cuz then she would tell everyone? She if she Kids, this is where I learned about something called the Jones effect, which is like uh when like why does everyone have an iPhone? Everybody. I don't have an is iPhone. It, okay. Well, I'm example. a fucking rebel, baby, baby. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. You came in the wrong fucking place with your mind control business. So, yeah, there you go. But I get what you're saying. You know what I mean? You know like Sure. Okay. There's the Android iPhone debate. That's now we're getting crazy. But I'm not like, even debating. It's just uh, you know. Yeah, I have an Android too. I don't have an. I iPhone. know because we're fucking rebels. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. Because we think outside the box, dude. Oh, uh, I think definitely inside the box. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like there's this there's this human quality where it's like we trust other people weirdly. I get it. So yeah. why does everyone have a blah? Because everyone has a blah. So it why must does, be good. Yeah. Why does everyone like you know it could you could get Jones affected with like people or things or like. Why music. Does, yeah, like, yeah, music. You know, Fucking Nickelback. Wh- wh- they rode the coattails of the Jones effect go. for years, and then wh- people realized. There them. you go. Why it does- took Portuguese people throwing rocks at them for people to realize that they're not good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and then they became a butt of every joke. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Look at this photograph. <laughs> fuck off. Shut the fuck up. The funniest thing I've seen was on uh, about them was on Vine. They had a thing where they would make fun of someone. He's like, look at this faggot. And it was a picture of the kid. He's like, hey, what the hell? <laughs> I might have seen that. Yeah, yeah. That's good. But, but yeah, that's it. Yeah, so it's so like... The, so you, you would get the would, friend... You would Jones affect somebody. You know what I mean? If you could Jones affect people? If she was interested, because mm. she's at the friend desk, she communicates with everyone, you knew okay. you were going to sell. This is what killed me. Okay. Yeah. This is what ha- this is when I real- realized how crazy the Jones effect is. Uh, was a technique we would do. Because we would usually go in groups of two to sell. And we would walk down the street and go to every business. So let's say we're on... Whatever. We're on Saint-Denis. One guy's on one side. One guy's on the other. We go into every business to solicit this is a trick we would do when we couldn't sell shit and it would work a hundred percent of the time i don't know why we only didn't do this my uh, the, the other salesman would pose as a random so and because it would only work if somebody was on the fence i come up to you and i go hey sir i got this new perfume sex in the city your girlfriend valentine's day is coming up right okay mm, blah, blah whatever you know it's, it's it's coming out it's gonna be 120 in stores but we're doing a promotion today i'm selling it for 10 bucks oh fuck and you go I don't know. You're clearly like, this could be a scam. It's a guy in the street. Yeah, so you're yeah. in your head going, ah, it's 10 bucks. My girl's birthday's coming up. Maybe if, if my other guy came up pretending to be a random and interested and he went, Oh my God, is that the new sex in the city perfume? Holy shit. I'll take two. If he bought it 100% of the time that person would buy. That's how crazy it was because we trust other people's judgment. That's the Jones effect, right? We go, well, this guy, must know what he's talking about. I don't know what this is, but I'm kind somebody of out of the who loop. knows what it is. Yeah, is guy, very excited. This guy seems to know that that 
what this is and that it exists and it's legit. Okay, I'll buy it. For sure, I'll buy it. That's so crazy. Nuts. That gave, like, it changed me as a person. I saw people differently after that. I was like, huh, that's very, wow. And I started to see it everywhere where things kind of catch on. You know what I mean? It could happen with, like, comedians who suck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Who are, like, just blow up for a little bit. You know, if you're really bad, I don't you think fizzle, you have longevity. You, you fizzle up. There's yeah. a guy. Yeah. There's, I don't know if you, fuck, what's his name? He's an American middle-aged guy who created this hype around him. And then he went to Asia. I think maybe he was tricking people into booking him for stadiums or some shit. Mm. And he's garbage. Mm. And American comedians use him as like a, like, who the fuck is this guy? This guy's a, he's a loser. He's shit. He's not good at what he does. But he did that. He tricked people into thinking mm. that he was the shit. But he never yeah. delivers. Yeah. Yeah. But like enough people will still believe it. Because yeah. they're like, well, I'm here in a theater watching. Yeah, it. yeah. Why would he be at the arena? Yeah. I think with the arts, that's not going to last long. You no, might have you're your not going to see you. You're not going to have longevity. You're yeah. not going to be like a respected guy for a while. But it's like you could pop off for a bit, you know? If you're smart. If you get enough people to like you, you know, then enough people will go, well, he, they like him. He we gotta start good. Poseidon, we gotta start yeah, hypnotizing gotta, people. Yeah, we gotta start Joe. Believe me, I've been like maybe I can Jones effect my way through this comedy. We gotta fucking start Jones and affecting people's. Yeah. Bah. No, I think it's too hard for arts because people are gonna realize. No, exactly. You gotta, yeah, especially today with so much content. Yeah. You know what I mean? You gotta. The only way you can stand out is is doing what you're doing. You know, not to ride your nuts, but it's like you gotta be yourself. Do you and do it consistently and put it good quality product out consistently the hardest part is the consistency do. to be honest sure but you've been doing a great job man that's been awesome so far i've been trying i've been trying yeah. fucking different languages and shit that's you know that's awesome i uh i feel like your french is a little better than mine but like whenever i watch your french i'm like fuck man i sh that's ah. good on you man good on you because i'm i'm also like i have a very similar accent to you and i'm very self-conscious i was that's too why i don't speak french i was too for the longest time but then all the french people told me we do not give a fuck they really don't. And like, they appreciate I still, it. I know, they do, they do. That's the thing I still have to get out of my head. Because I was kind of, you know, as a kid, you take things so personally. Yeah. I played, uh, my soccer team, everybody was French. It was the only Anglo. Maybe there was one other Anglo. The kid I went to Florida with. Uh, and I, they would rip on me a little bit. But it's like they're kids being kids. They weren't yeah. being dicks. They were just... That's what kids do. Yeah, they were. That's what I do. And like, I would laugh and... But inside, I was a sensitive kid, and I was like, "I suck. I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna not speak French." You know what I mean? Ah, uh, that's yeah. yeah. That and, I could see happening. Stuck with me for so long, and it's like I only realized in as adult, like, oh, you just had a few friends rip on you. Like that's that's what's because like in my working world, I had to speak French. Selling perfume, I'm selling. I'm speak. I'm pitching in French. Like Mike Patterson does French comedy. Yeah. I don't think he speaks French during <laughs> I don't the think show. He speaks one word. Of French. Yeah, you can Props do it to him. It's crazy. Yeah, no. they appreciate the effort. Oh, for sure. Yeah, no, I, I. Uh, I thought about it, but like, it's not, uh, it's something that I like, I think I will eventually pursue. You should. not, you know, fuck, who knows what's going on with comedy we'll now. We'll talk. But you should. We'll see. We'll see. I'd like to really like, I feel like things were happening in English yeah. before you could this do both. happened. No, for sure. But I'd like to at least be like, okay, I'm a headliner in English. Yeah, like, yeah, I okay. can, let me get that. Let me, let me get like. I got, f like, I, I think I have 45 minutes now, but, like, I want to have, like, okay, I got 45. That's that I'm very comfortable with. Very yeah. happy with. And especially now, like, you know, I'm looking at my best 20, and I'm like, I hate, yes, a lot of this works. Maybe there's some stuff in there, but I, God, I don't want to tell these jokes anymore. I don't. They, I think what's going to happen is, like we said, it's that organic thing. It's going to have to evolve. Yeah. Because I can't practically throw away all that material. But they're going to morph. 
it's going to morph. I'll have to make it updated or whatever. Hopefully I'm a smarter person now. I don't, I don't know. I'm hopefully the material. I think so, but it's always debatable with us. Yeah. I don't know. I could be getting dumber. I'm scared of that too. Sometimes I think I am getting dumber. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, fuck. Like sometimes I'll have somebody like re- like a like I had a PhD on Guillaume Dulude uh, a couple of episodes ago, and sounds like fuck, man, I'm mm. an idiot. <laughs> it's when you talk to a real smart person. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh god, how do I put pants on? And this guy's out here analyzing stuff, communication between people. He lived with tribes in Africa, yeah. and then I'm here. I'm like, this dick joke. This will go so well with this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like it's just fuck. I'm a dummy. Yeah. How do I phrase this this cock joke? Yeah. Right? I can't go racist back to back. Yeah. I gotta fit. Yeah. And like that's my pinnacle right. <laughs> of yeah. ideas. Space your racism. Yeah. And this guy's out there. He's like, these cannibals are trying to eat me. <laughs> he's got real problems. Yeah. No. It's 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 it, it'll happen sometimes. He's, he's, uh, most of my friends are. I try to keep my friends as dumb as I am, but. Yeah, like John. John's a guy, Montreal comic. John Barella. He's a smart he's, guy. He's though. smart. He's sometimes I talk to him. I'm like, oh, I'm too stupid to have this conversation. I mostly talk to him, so I feel smart. That's great. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing. It's misleading. <laughs> it's you wrong. gotta big yourself up sometimes. I need some dumber friends. I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's here just for my confidence. <laughs> Anyways, uh, links are in the description to find you. What do you do? What do you want I them? What are you doing man. next? Are you doing any Instagram videos? Are you fucking doing something? I should. I you keep, should. I keep not doing it. I'm very, I've been very reclusive during this whole pandemic. Uh, every day I'm like, I should put something out more online or, and then I just don't. I filmed some stuff and then I've watched it and I'm like, ugh. You, but that's, you're never going to be, I, I, I know. Perfection. I, I got to kind of get over that. It's almost like, it's almost like stand up where you have to, you have to just do the, the reps, the, sh- the reps and you have to like, you know, try the joke, you know, won't work till it eventually does. Yeah. And it's like, I'm a, no, I don't have like, yeah, links are in description, but I have, I got no, no content right now. But I, I would uh, recommend you guys do follow him because as soon as things open up, this uh, motherfucker will pop off. He's going to start doing shows again. He's going to be out there. So it's in your best interest to follow him so that there's no surprises. You don't miss out on important shows. I got one video I filmed last year that I'm proud of. Did it come out yet? Put, yeah, I put it up last year. It's on Instagram, YouTube. Uh, They're going to see go. it. Is it the one bike video. one? No, that, the one where I was, yeah. I remember the bike one. No, though I, I don't. I never. I put that up just as like a one-off. It's nowhere to be found. It's probably on Facebook. No, it's the beard one where I'm shaving my beard. Oh, I've seen that video. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's because it was during pandemic times, right? Where you're like, what am I gonna do? Pandemic just started, and I was like, I'm gonna do video content. And then I, I chose a thing way too ambitious because it required so much editing, and I've never. That was the only video I've ever edited. I had oh. to learn how to use the software. That three-minute video. Took me, I'm embarrassed to say, oh my God, maybe three days where I was working all day. That's fine. Hot just to put out a three minute clip. And it's not like the quality is not amazing either. But just to learn, because I was learning how do I cut yeah, this and put dude, this here? How but do how I fun was it? Sounds? It was fun. It was, it was, it was, it was fun. But then summer came and I was like, you know, on out. the health kick and I was like, I don't need to do anything. But, uh, Follow me in case I ever make uh, online content. Yeah, links are in the description. Follow Asim. And remember, everybody, go fuck yourselves. Yep. Welcome, everybody, to the thoughts of my head. All my confessions are the latest trend. I'll post them on my feed for you all to When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.